Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this. It's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com slash OLLC. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com slash OLLC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, Liquid Death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. All right. <clears throat> check, check.
Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host Toby Morris. <sighs> I don't know how to intro this guy, man. This has been fucking four years in the making, and uh, so happy you could be here. One of the busiest friends that I have on the planet, fucking Travis Barker. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I know you're not. You fucking hate talking. You don't like doing podcasts. So I'm sorry <laughs> here. You only you've only done a couple of podcasts too, huh? Yeah, I've only done a few. What you do? Like Rich Roll, Rogan. That's really it. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. I'll put your post. I always feel like less is more. Yeah. You don't like to talk much, really. Yeah, I kind of like more of an observer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're not, we won't talk about drums today because I know you hate talking about drums <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot's happened. Just in the past year or two, a lot's happened in your life, too, man. It's fucking insane changes with your life from like about to have a baby, getting married, flying again. So many different things that happen in your life. It's pretty amazing to watch, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much. That, it's, it's crazy. It kind of sometimes gives me anxiety thinking about how much <laughs> there was and then how much I've overcame. But yeah. it's, just a, it's just a lot, you know? Yeah. But your life, it seems like it's just totally changed dramatically the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, everything you just mentioned had a big effect on my life. Yeah. Mm, I guess flying right off the bat. Yeah. That, that changes things quite a bit. Yeah, it's been, it was how many years for you not flying? Um, since 2008, since my, my plane crashed. Wow. Yeah, up until, what, a year ago I started flying? Yeah. So I'm getting ready to go to Europe right now. So just for example, Europe, it would take me six to eight days comfortably to get to here to New York. Yeah, because you go to New York and take that, that, that Queen Mary or something? Yeah, I would take a bus from LA to New York and then board the Queen Mary 2 and then another 10 days take the stormtrooper yeah another, yeah I remember texting you one time while you're on the boat and even that was kind of scary sometimes yeah the boat you're in the middle of the ocean the middle of the Atlantic so yeah. you don't see you don't see land for 10 days and then Dude. yeah we've hit weather before I mean we've been out there when there's 30 foot waves 70 mile per hour winds that's the, fucking scary. The ocean is so powerful and it's, you don't really think about it until you're out there and then you're like, wow. But I think my think, like my thought process at that time was, you know, flying over the ocean. If I crash in the ocean, I'm done. Yeah. At least, at least I'm in a boat in the ocean and it's a slower process. I think anything, anything to slow it down because being in a plane crash you you don't have a chance to you don't have any decision making you yeah. don't have any uh you don't have any way to affect the situation yeah you're you're completely out of control it happens the, so fast yeah you the know? boat can jump in the water have like a life preserver or something and yeah like i used to think it. like yo i could swim i could i don't know i, I could i could just i stood a chance and i yeah. lo i loved that for a long time and then yeah and then long story short yeah, fell in love with, you know, one of my best friends, and I don't she, know. She, it's just, she inspired you to fly, basically. Yeah, it's just amazing the things you, you might overcome when you're with someone that empowers you like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I had a deal with her where she would kind of talk about it with me and say, I would love to go here with you. I'd love to do this with you, this, that. And me, you know, it it was like wishful thinking, but in my head, I'm like, Ah oh, man, this kills me. Yeah, I'm never gonna do any of this stuff, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't have, 
I don't know. I got to be honest and transparent with her. It's probably never going to happen. And then, and then I said, Hey, uh, if you ever, ever want to try to get me to fly, don't tell me, Mm. give me about 10, eight, eight to 10 hours notice. And that way I don't have a way to talk myself out of it or give myself, you know, think too much. So that's what she did. And, And at the time I was doing a lot of breath work. I was already doing breath work. A and lot. that helps. Yeah, because I, I think for a long time I was holding on to um, so much trauma. I'm sure, man. From a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't really know any better. We can talk about that later. But like, yeah, we did breath work like the day before. And then she told me that night, like, we're going to Mexico tomorrow. So, Damn. yeah, I tried to get rid of her. Like when we went to sleep, I was like, hey, you could go home. Like whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I might just sleep by myself tonight. I tried all sorts of things. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was just like, yeah, it's like I was trying to figure out ways where I could just disappear and not have to go on the flight. And then she was awesome. She didn't let me. She's like, no, I'm staying the night with you. Like, I'm not going to leave. Yeah. We're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to go to the airport. Damn. So, yeah, it was it was, was pretty it super stressful. No, I think I being with think, her is probably common. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, you know, the the last memory I have of a plane is pretty awful and traumatic. Yes. you know, like for people who don't know, I'm like the only survivor from a a plane crash that killed five people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then I tried maybe a few years later. My daughter Alabama, she had a field trip that was going to an aviation place. Okay. It was like an aviation field trip. And my daughter and I just like looked at a plane and she was like, dad, let's walk on. And then she walked on and she started bawling because she knows, like she knows what happened. Yeah. She knows, how, old, like, how old were they when that happened? Were they super young? Alabama was really young. Alabama and Landon were probably like, I don't know, three and six. Okay, or, yeah, or, yeah. I don't know, somewhere around so there. So they really haven't flown either. No, nah, they've never flown in their life. Wow. Until you did. Yeah. Yeah. So they had Damn. a lot of. Unfortunately, they carried a lot of my trauma okay. with them, um, which I never wanted. But so she would associate planes with like dad almost dying, dad dad being in a burn center, seventy percent of his body being burnt, um, his best friends passing away, yeah. like two pilots passing away. So that's what she associated planes with. So and it Scary. got me emotional just seeing her be like that. So I, I had a lot of. Uh, kind of I had my own idea of what I thought flying would be like again but it was actually the opposite like I went in it was like also like a really nice plane yeah and I was with court and it it just I don't know I none of what I thought would have happened happened yeah like I didn't get really stressed out I was stressed like during takeoff because takeoffs when Mm -hmm. my plane crash happened and um I always in my head, if someone said, hey, what do you think will happen if you ever try to fly? I'd probably be like, might have a heart attack, you know? That's what I thought I would, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it was actually, once I got through takeoff, it was it was, it was, was not what I thought it was. It was, I got through it and That's I... awesome. Yeah, and I was like stronger. Season. Yeah, stronger than what I thought I was. And I, and I think for me, I hated being... Um, controlled by something yeah that really like it really took its toll on me over time like i think i would just do it because i didn't have a choice the long 
bus rides. I would, yeah. I'd leave the tour 30 days before everyone else did. It's crazy, I'd man. get home 30 days after. So, <laughs> I, and I just didn't ever think life could be any different. But um, yeah, yeah, that was it. Was it was definitely like a breakthrough for me. Yeah, I remember seeing that or talking about. It. I was like, holy crap, this it's huge, man. It's such a big deal. It's like probably walking off that plane the first flight too. Like, holy shit, I did that. Then after that, start doing more. It's just like. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's different. Like you said, you told me a couple of times you walked on, you weren't really feeling a vibe, or maybe you didn't take that flight, or just yeah, feeling I've, it out. I've walked off a couple, like just a little, just small things where like I would know the wing number, and then I'd get there and it was a different wing number and different Dang. pilots. Okay. Because I, I I think I'm really like, it it means a lot to me to be able to figure out like who's flying the plane. Yeah. The experience they have that the plane has had certain you know kind of you know up to par like maintenance so you're um, checking all that stuff yeah like damn horrible funny terrifying stories like my third flight we did i'm in the plane and i'm with her and i'm with like some of her family they're all great flyers they don't think about anything and i, I always like look at people like that i'm like damn that's beautiful like yeah you travel without any hesitation like you're you have no trauma go, yeah. for me i i associate flying and traveling with dying that's what i i associate it with yeah um Fuck. so we're in the plane we take off and then we're still like you know getting up to like our our flight route or whatever elevation we're supposed to be at yeah. and my ears suddenly like start popping and i'm like Ah, this is weird. It's like we're landing. Oh yeah. And then I look up and the pilot's looking back at me and he's grabbing his oxygen mask. And everyone's everyone's looking at me cuz I'm like I'm the elephant in the room. Any flight totally. they're like this guy's been in a plane crash. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, Trav? Like whatever. They usually say a little something extra to me and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, you know, thank you. Appreciate it. Whatever." But these guys are like looking back at me. The flight, the flight attendant, like the stewardess, is talking to them, and they're trying to close the door real quick. And I see what's going on, and then I'm like, "Babe, I swear we're losing cabin pressure. Like my ears are popping." She's like, "No, nah, there's not a chance." I'm like, "Yeah, pretty positive. He just put his oxygen mask on." And then, <laughs> and then we go up there, and they're like, "Yes, there's a malfunction with the plane. We're losing cabin pressure." We might have to make an emergency landing. And I'm like, please don't do any cowboy shit. Just land the plane. Please don't don't try to be a hero. Yeah. Please don't do anything extra. I've lived through it. Just land the plane. And the pilots know about the stuff you've been through, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So long story short, yeah, they, they figured it out. They like fixed it. It was like a computer system in the plane. Luckily, it was like fixed. If it wasn't fixed in the next like... 15 minutes we would have had to land but it was just like That's your third of, one back. of course this can happen to me you know <laughs> scary dude yeah and that so it's been good since then though even like what 20 flights are almost yeah i like my last five or six flights i did by myself like my Dang. my daughter alabama was with me wow. and um and i was just on tour solo because for a while there it was all with my wife and then yeah yeah just like figured it out and like i don't have control over everything I, I, had to, yeah. I had to accept that. Yeah, so this would be the first time going to Europe flying. It's dolo. Yeah, I went Damn. I went for my wedding. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah, I got married over there. That's right. So, yeah, this would be my, my big, my first big long flight. That was a cool special until death to his part you guys did. Thank you. That was you. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, it was majority of it was filmed on iPhones. 
so we didn't um despite what anyone might assume like my yeah. my wife's not crazy about filming i guess anyone that knows i guess there is like a ongoing storyline that she no, always, I know. I mean, yeah. always doesn't want to film or doesn't yeah. want to be on the show so <laughs> it was it was a beautiful thing like our friend pierre was there and he was filming he had like a little camcorder like Sick. lo-fi camera and then iphones and we just put together like this this little video that was originally just going to be for us yeah it's nice though and then um and then we felt because it was it was edited and it was curated by us for us that it was cool that it could just go wherever yeah. and like the world could see it but um yeah it was it was nice i, I think no matter who you are unless you're like really a pro when someone puts a camera in front of you you might feel a little different or totally, like man, be insecure yeah. or uncomfortable so like i didn't know like i think there's footage right before i walked out and pierre was there and it was it was like just me in my room and i, had, oh, I saw that yeah, yeah i was just like chill. i was listening to purple rain i was listening to prince that's <laughs> all i wanted to listen to before i went out there that's and dope. um called my dad told him yeah. i loved him but it was like one of those things where like you would almost expect the person in the room to give you your privacy and leave. Yeah. And he knew that that was like a moment and he stayed there, but he wasn't yeah. intrusive and he could just be a fly on the wall. So I'm, I'm really thankful that we have like that footage. Yeah. I mean, what's it like for you? Like obviously you had meet the Barkers back in the day and, and you've been in the public eye for your whole career and your whole life. But now it seems more, it's more magnified. Is that, is that stressful for you? The cameras and lights all the time? Uh, I try to stay away from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, if, if... It's cool seeing you on the show and stuff, because I know you. Yeah, if they ask me, like, hey, we just happened to be filming today, like, or on tour, she'd be like, hey, my sister's gonna come visit me, like, I think on the next season, Kim comes and visits her, so, like, it happens pretty organically, and yeah. Kim has cameras with her, and she's coming to the show. So that's a lot of the times how it'll end up. Yeah. Um... And I don't mind doing that, but I think if it's my choice, I'm like, yeah, I could probably just chill yeah. today or whatever. Maybe I won't yeah. be around, but if it's just really organic and it happens, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. One of the things I really love about you, I know you through all these years, is always just being you and like even just talking about a million times to make this podcast happen. You're like, I want to do it in person. Like, I don't want special treatment. And I love that about you, that you stayed the same person the whole time of knowing you through everything you've been through. I think it's awesome, man. Oh, thank it's, you. It's really fucking amazing. See, and, and just seeing you, how happy you're now with your, your lady and having a baby and all that. It's just like, I get stoked for my friends and just seeing that happen with you. It's like, but you're still the same person. Thank you. I know we talked about doing it so many times and there was even <laughs> I was like, come to you there on was tour. like, yeah, you're going to come to me on tour. But I, I really didn't like that. I didn't want any special treatment. No, but I, I love that I wanted, about you. Yeah, yeah I wanted to just be here like everyone else. And, yeah, man. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. Just like, just your journey and stuff and everything you've been through and like, even now with Blink Back and all that stuff, it's just it's just awesome, man. Thank it's you. really fucking awesome, man. What do you think it is that keeps you? I don't know. I guess you you stay connected because you stay connected to music too. We talk about music all the time. Obviously, you took Turnstile on tour. We went and saw Speed and Trapped in Rice together. You like Scowl. Like you're still like you have your ear to the streets too. You're working with so many different young artists. You have DTA Records. Like you're still like being so creative in other genres of music. You've always been like that though. I. Hip hop, yeah, everything. I can't veer from who I am. It's yeah. it's hard. It's like yeah. I feel really uncomfortable. Even just, 
I notice like small things. Even if I don't play drums every day, I feel uncomfortable. If I'm not, yeah. I don't know. It means a lot to come home from tour and and go, you know, see you guys in Grill Biscuits. Yeah, that was and, awesome, man. That was so fun. Show up by myself, so and, great, and play with you guys or last minute steez. It was yeah, great, that dude. that stuff like makes me feel alive and yeah, and, and really just it's being connected I, too. I'm to pretty yeah, I'm pretty normal, you know, and I I like to. I don't know. I like to practice and exercise that as much as possible. Yeah. And just get out and like, and people psych when you come out too, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, um, we always been like that as a kid. You always didn't just like, always like, I don't know. I mean, you're born in, you're born in Fontana, right? Yeah. So growing up in there, that's the IE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you like that as a kid too? We always an outgoing person. Mm, I grew up like skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, like riding BMX. Yeah. Loved all that. Playing drums. Like since I was like four, like pots and pans until. Yeah, so your mom bought your first kit for you and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also like in the band and at school and all that stuff. Yeah, I was I was into like marching band and jazz band and junior high. And then I was kind of going different directions. Um, kind of just navigating through life out there like. At one point, I loved skateboarding more than I did playing drums. Wow. And, like, even though the beach was an hour away, like, somehow going to the beach and, like, surfing or bodyboarding uh, yeah. every, like, few weeks. Uh, Were you a good skater? I was, you know what? I was I was good enough to, like, have fun, but I was bad enough for all my friends to be like, you're way better at playing drums. Mm, <laughs> so okay. that was that was important. Yeah, and I, yeah. But it, it, would, it, it was funny. I would use my drumming to be able to go and skate like ramps in my neighborhood. Like they'd be like, dude, you got to learn like Metallica master puppets from front to back or you can't come skate our ramp. Wow. And I'd be like, okay. So I, yeah, I'd invite like Mike Davis and this guy Frank over and I would play some master puppets for them and then I could go skate. Wow. So that's how I got through and, you know, use drumming to kind of like be able to skate with people I like idolize. But yeah, skateboarding was even though I wasn't great at it, it was, it like taught me how to like dress. It taught me like yeah, what music sure. I liked. It taught me, I don't know. It taught me like getting your ass whipped on a skateboard, just eating shit is yeah. like so humiliating and mm-hmm. like painful. And it's like, I don't know. It just, I feel like it made me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I loved all that. And then, yeah. I got kind of confused and and kind of drifted a little bit, and then my mom passed away literally the day before high school, and then I really, really, um, I think I became like introverted. I put all my time and attention into music and playing the drums, and uh, just countless hours of like locking myself in the room and, and just figuring stuff out like i would take out ads and papers like in like really mean street magazine and Sick. basically every magazine that was at spanky's cafe like spanky's cafe was my everything like grew up shows there. every show there yeah so like i would i would make like a uh, musicians wanted to make band that sounds like blah 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 blah, blah. i'd cool. put like king diamond slayer sopatura the next one would be like you know make a band like Descendants, um, 
Gorilla Biscuits, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I would just put all these want musicians wanted things to put bands together. And, and they were doing it at a young age, too. That's cool. Yeah, that was my dream. I was like 15 playing with like 30-year-olds. Like guitar players that love like Inve Mopstein or Megadeth. <laughs> I would do any anything musically just made yeah. me happy. I was like I was in a skinhead band like when I was fifteen when I was really listening to like metal music, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they just shaved their head and played like cure songs really fast, it felt like to me, you know? Was that <laughs> um was that the band Poor Mouth? Poor Mouth was more of like grunge era sounding Sick. music it was more like alice in chains Soundgarden, um screaming trees vibes and it was like jinx yeah jinx, jinx was a straight up like rock band Sick. feeble was my first punk band okay and it was like psycho butterfly yeah that that like fell in like these bands were like <laughs> maybe had one or two shows it would just be like kind of i mean not not f- any different than like a lot of bands today just like rotating members and totally. you call it something different yeah but um those are the first groups though right for you yeah yeah feeble was the first one where i was i was in this kind of stage in my life where i had just turned 18 my dad's awesome um and He's also very strict. Yeah. Like Vietnam vet, biker. Yeah. yeah. And he said, hey, when you turn 18, you either start paying rent here and you work 60 plus hours a week or you got to go. Damn. And um, I was like, okay. So I like busted my ass to try to get like at the time it was like a really cool job to work at Target Warehouse or something yeah. like that. And it was like good paying money, and I was just like unloading boxes off a, off a truck every day. And um, I remember calling the guys from Feeble, and I was like, ah, it looks like it's a wrap, man. Like, I really loved playing with you guys, but like, Pops is saying, oh, military was the other thing. Yeah. It's like, you either go to the military or you start paying rent, da da da. And um, damn. I told Noel, and I was like, dude, I think it's, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to play with you guys no more. And, um, he was like, man, I really, really think you're making a big mistake. I think, like, you're so talented. It's a waste of talent. Like, come live at my house. I'll try to get you a job at the city, um, play in the band. Like, you can get a job anytime, dude. Like, I want you, you're supposed to play music. Wow. Mark my words. And yeah. then, next thing you know, I'm driving out with my friend Randy to Laguna Beach. I'm crashing on Noel's couch, and he got me a job at the city being a trash man. That's right. best years of my life like skateboarding every day trash man in laguna beach the most beautiful beach in southern california playing in a punk rock band playing at bars playing anywhere we could just like also seeing like we're in fan like punk scenes at the time where blink ironically is like releasing cheshire cat and big drill cars playing shows and i don't know just like that's this crazy. little scene like game face i don't know if you remember all those bands yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of like what was popping like volcom had just started a punk label like record label um the descendants were getting back together like yeah. it was like it was just such a cool time it's a beautiful time yeah, yeah. epitaph you... summer nationals like Ooh, you know that. yeah yeah so did you graduate from high school i did just barely i i had a hard time in high school like i was really close to my mom and she would help me with everything like the time of her passing she was uh as good as a drummer as i was like she would go to every kind of like 
sit in like practice sessions with me if i took lessons to learn how to read music she was there yeah um i was really close to her so like high school was tough my girlfriend at the time this girl michelle really held me down and like kept me together um but i wasn't i was getting horrible grades i think all my teachers just felt for me like he's a mess you know yeah um and my dad i mean my my pops was there but he was such like a just tough like tough dad which, which i mean also shaped me but he wasn't yeah he wasn't there like hey kid you need someone to talk to are you are you good you know there was none of that so um yeah it was just navigating yeah you know so just like mourning your mom and having somebody to talk to or your sister or anything like that was hard like your dad was just very like yeah just all stunning. it was like introverted and just practice my ass off like yeah yeah and so was aquabats already a band when you got in the band yeah yeah i was playing in feeble chad was in a uh a band called bhr butthole rebellions okay we were playing like punk shows feeble played with them and he came up and he was like damn dude like um really good or something and i was like oh thank you man like <laughs> love like bhr he's like i'm in this other band the aquabats and i was like okay cool just kind of talked for a minute and then Next thing you know, I get a call like, hey, dude, you want to come jam with us? Like our drummer just quit. We have a show tomorrow with Fishbone. Fuck. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I would see like Fishbone, the Skeletons, um, Voodoo Gold Skulls. Like that, that's, those were the bands like. You go see. Grew up seeing, yeah. Did you go to the barn too? Bill Fold had the barn. Yeah. Like Falling Sickness, Assorted Jelly Beans. Those, that, that's what was happening at the time in Riverside. Damn. And Aquabats, were they always dressing up like that? That was your thing back then or no? Yeah, I had no idea though. Chad's just, <laughs> Chad in like BHR is just like punk. It's like yeah. gutter mouth or whatever was gutter like, mouth, you know, yeah. those vibes. And I was like, cool. Yeah, like I'll play with your band. And I show up there and they're like, okay, learn the learn the songs. Kind of noticed the album covers way out there wearing these things. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't. Am I gonna wear that? I don't even think that. Yeah. And then I show up there, and they're like, "Okay, here's your costume." Right. <laughs> and all my friends, like I grew up with, like I remember my friends Ricardo and Damien, who were like, like my, just like my day ones, and Wilmer. Yeah. All these, all my friends, all my friends were Hispanic that I grew up with in Fontana. Yeah. So they come and they're just clowning me. They're like, <laughs> "Ah, you're playing like, yeah, you are playing a sick show." At the glass house with Fishbone, but look, like you're dressed like that. Like they were just dying, you know. Um, <laughs> it was so funny, but but they, they were they were doing pretty good back then, though, right? Too. Nah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were opening for Fishbone. I mean, that oh, was that's a big deal. Yeah, by far the biggest show I ever played in my life. Wow. Yeah. Back then, now we're probably playing like 500 people or something. Back then, it's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge for me. Damn. Yeah. So that's you're just playing music. Are you working a job when you're out of school at all? Always. Yeah, I was working at like besides the track. Yeah, track. Warehouse music. Um, yeah, like I, I was just doing like oddball jobs. I would come home like one point there was this woman who was like an attorney and she let me like file papers, but Damn. she would really just like I think just wanted me there because her daughter was really into the Aquabats <laughs> and like the scene. It was like such a weird wow. time. So like. <laughs> Yeah, it would be it would be Aquabats would tour. We would tour with like Toy Dolls, The Specials, like Goldfinger, whoever we would tour with. And then I'd come home, Madness, and then I'd have two months. I'd have to find a job. 
Wow. And then go back out, you know? Did Aquabats play with Blanket back then, too? Yeah, so Snowcore. Oh, is, yeah, Snowcore. Is where it all happened. It was Primus, Blink. That's like 98 or something? Oh, no. Something like that, yeah. yeah. yeah Maybe 99, shit. 98, 99. That was the big tours back then, Snowcore through Canada and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Alcoholics were on there. Yes. It was, it was cool. So I was on that with Aquabats, and then it's kind of when I met every, everyone... You know, it was just all those bands were together. And was there was there a Suicide Machines trial in the middle of that somewhere? So at the <laughs> end, it was right after Snowcore, and I think we were playing a couple. We were direct support for Blink at the time. Aquabats crazy. Was, after Snowcore, you know, you go off and do your one-offs, and yeah, we, yeah, we were yeah. supporting Blink. And same thing happened. I'm always, I was always lucky enough and just blessed enough to be like there with the right timing, I guess. And Blink said, our drummer, it's like an hour before the show. It's an hour before Aquabats go on. Damn. And they're like, our drummer just bailed. Can you learn the set? Because we're going to lose a ton of money. We might have to cancel shows. Damn. So yeah, went in the dressing room, kind of listened to the songs with them. Tom played a little guitar. Fuck. I was like, okay, play the Aquabats set, get on stage, play the Blink set. And then it's crazy. Yeah, they're like stoked. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that was so good. That was better. How old are you then? You twenties? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, man, that was like the our best show. We've never sounded better. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. You know, whatever. I'm still playing with like Aquabats. Yeah. Filling for like the next three shows. And I get home from that that tour, like our last show. They're like, man, we would really love to have you in our band. Yeah. And I was like, well, that that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I mean, it was Blink a big deal back then at that point. We were playing, I don't know, I'd say like 2000 seaters, maybe, yeah, I guess. I don't then. know. Yeah, it's big back then. Like yeah, Santa sure. Barbara Bowl is like our biggest show, I think. Were you a Blink fan at all? Yeah, okay, I was. Yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. like back in the day, like Feeble, we were in like, I, I've witnessed Cheshire Cat and I like, yeah, you know, yeah all yeah. that stuff. And yeah. oh, oh, from Fluff, rest in peace, whatever. Peace, yeah. There was the, like all these connections to them, but I didn't know them yet. And yeah, so we got home from that tour. They had said, we'd really like somehow you to be our drummer. And I said, well, you have a drummer. If any, anything ever happens, hit me up. I'd love to. Yeah. Around the same time, like Suicide Machines. That's right. Derek leaves or something happens. They're like, want to come jam? Like, I was really close with Dan and to Jay. Detroit. Jay with that band, yeah. And I, um, I was a big Suicide Machines fan. We would also awesome. play shows with Aquabats. Yeah. I went out to Detroit. It was snowing. Brutal. I went. I stayed at. I stayed at one of their apartments and jammed a few times. And uh, I just kept being like, "Where do you skate?" Like, is there anywhere to skate? And they're like, it's dude, freezing. it's snowing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We're just chilling in the house, smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then that's all we do. Yeah. So that was cool. But when I got home, I remember I was living with Bill Fold, '98 Posse. Dope. I was also living with Bill, um, who's also a big reason why everything. I don't know. He just happened, and he was just so good to me. He, him at the time. If people don't know, yeah, the barn. Yes. Um, sometimes uh, Orange Show Pavilion in San San Bernardino. Any punk rave, hardcore, rap, any kind of shows that happened out there, it was either at Showcase Theater. Yes. With Ezot or Bill Fold. Bill Fold now 
with Golden Voice does Coachella. Like, you know, so he's been like, he took care of me, you know, after I left home and I, and I was in the Aquabats, I was living with Bill. Um, so I remember coming home to Bill being like, dude, I might, I don't know, should I join the Suicide Machines or Blink? And he wasn't the biggest Blink fan. He's like, dude, Mm. just stay in the Aquabats. Are you kidding me? And he was like looking after the Aquabats. And I, I did, that was one of the reasons I, I loved the Aquabats. I loved Christian Chad. I loved all the guys so yeah. much. Like that was like such a family and such like a great group of brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's Bill. I'm like, man. And Paul Tillett from Golden Voice signed us to the first. We were the first band on Golden Voice Records. That's right. So there's all these things I really loved about it. But I remember sitting there talking to him. I'm like, I kind of want to join Suicide Machines, but I don't know if. I didn't. I wasn't able to skate for however many days when I was in Detroit. It was hard, and we only played a few times. And then I'm like, Blink. There's only three members. It's like touring in a van's gonna be so easy. That was that was my my mindset at yeah. the time. Touring in a van with three people is gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than twelve. So yeah, I made my decision, and I was like, I'm gonna play in Blink. You know. Damn. Because I got that phone call right right after I got home from Detroit, and they're like, um. We have a show in San Diego. You're gonna play in two days. It's like 1998. Yeah. Damn. And that's it, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. And then the next record is End of the State. After that. Yeah. And that's like a fucking. It's just a life changer, man. Is mm-hmm. that that's your first record with them? It's yeah. crazy, man. Cause I got in the band and I was touring, Dude Ranch and yeah. Cheshire Cat. That's right, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing all those songs and then, we started writing and then that's when it that's when it like just was like yeah that's when i knew it's crazy dude that's for that to be your first record like it's insane yeah that's just that's like that's like a life changer right yeah it were was, you working a job when you first joined link yeah i was still doing like oddball stuff when i go home i'd still help bill like yeah. if bill had anything for me i would do Damn. i would do anything i i did a vandals tour like i think right after i Excuse me, right after I recorded drums for Enema of the State, which was kind of like the way things happened then, is we would get in a room, write the songs, go in. Jerry Finn recorded it. Jerry yes. Finn would spend about two days getting drum sounds. And then I'd go in. I'd record the entire album in about seven hours. And then I remember I recorded Enema in seven hours, maybe. And then I was like, okay, you guys, because they would spend the next two months doing guitars and vocals. Damn. Songs were already written. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a Vandals. It was called Turd Town Tour, <laughs> where we go play like thir- like like third markets, yeah, like C markets, markets yeah. Yeah, 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 in like bowling alleys and like Mexican restaurants. It was awesome. Turd in a, in a Winnebago. Wow. Yeah. And you had no idea what this what this record was going to happen. Just, just played on the record and just kept it moving. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I knew there was like things like there was tempos for me because everything at the time with Blink was like really up-tempo, yeah. just punk rock stuff. And then when we did that album, it was like, oh, let's mess around with like different tempos or different rhythms. And Mark mm-hmm. and Tom were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, "Like all the small things could be yeah, this tempo. And then like, we could still have these tempos, yeah, you, you know, but like, let's like, let's switch it up. And like, damn, the ballad that Mark had, like he had like idea for Adam's song. Yes. Played these weird drum patterns and they would just be like, 
yeah they they were it was it was really cool being in blink and riding with them because they would just be like we're gonna do this and we want you to do you like yeah i was obsessed with tribe called quest like nice. the far side like beastie boys yeah um all in, your influences in, yeah i i would i punk rock i always listened to and grew up with but i would be listening to like goldie i'd be listening to drum and bass i'd be listening yeah. to like whatever so they were really open with like sprinkle we need you to sprinkle Spice you know be yeah. yourself on here yeah, yeah. yeah. so i was always like given free reign to express myself in that band i mean fuck man that record just yeah just massive you guys toured in that for a while too probably right yeah because there was a couple there's like there's like three or four big singles on there yeah man that was just like incredible man yeah so your, your life kind of changes at that point this is like solidifies like this is what i'm doing this is my full-time everything kind of you know what i mean like yeah i remember coming home and i was like i told my dad i was like i got uh i i made like when i was just filling in i'm like i think i made like six grand or seven grand and he was like you better save that because you're probably not going to make that again wow <laughs> i was like oh wow thanks pops like whatever <laughs> um but that's like that uh, that tough love but totally. it, it also like would check me and keep me in line yeah you i know? love that um so yeah i was like my aspirations and goals weren't that big my, yeah. only, my only goals were like how can I find a way? I was really doing it when I lived in Laguna, like, but I was still being a, I was still a trash man. But my my only goals were, is like play music and f make enough money to eat, yeah, have somewhere to sleep, totally, and like live. That that's all my goals were. Yeah. So it was never. And then that record sounds like fifteen mil. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, dude. fuck man. So then your life just completely changes as far as that's concerned. Yeah, obviously to get to like get your place just everything like it's crazy man yep and then the fucking and obviously give you props for the adam song because we always talk about tom with h2o shirt and that like was amazing and changed a lot for h2o at that time because when bands wear other people's t-shirts they would go check out that band and for sure really cool man yeah now, I, I had met you guys somehow probably in the warp tour or something before that obviously before the boxcar racer tour mm -hmm. you know it's crossing paths and stuff like that um but i, I think i think you first went to new york was it with the Aquabats? You guys, was that on that tour? Did you play New York first time with that band? Yeah, or CBs or something, or yeah, we um we played New York because I remember that was a big deal. Yeah, like just I don't know, I, <laughs> I, my first time in New York, that was a big deal. Of course, like I associated New York with like Wu Tang Clan and yeah. like Biggie, you know, <laughs> like I don't yeah. know Mob Deep, like that's what I, I don't know, that's yeah. what I and would associate. Yeah, and then the New York Hardcore and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think you guys played CBs or something or somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Damn. So then after well, after End of the State, obviously that changes everything. And then Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, another crazy one. But was there expectations after the um, End of the State? Did you did you guys feel pressure to write hit songs or were you just making records? It was no big deal for you guys. Enema was so big and like it was, there was some kind of confusion too because we made fun of like 98 degrees yes. and seeing backstreet boys yeah but in europe the label out there i don't even know if they really got it that we were like we were like kind of busting the these boy bands balls yeah. you know like kind of like lightly making fun of yeah. them like this is like 
just we thought it was so funny. Eminem was doing the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they released our promo photos of our band, and they were the all the small things video. So mm. in Europe, like people thought we were a boy band. <laughs> so that's like, crazy. Yeah, we played like big <laughs> punk festivals out there, and I remember we played this festival, and people were throwing cue balls at us. Wow. It was what there was a full riot, and um. I remember we got back from there. That was like our last tour on the album. And we made Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And I think we just had to like, we felt like we had to show everyone like we weren't that. Like we we almost had to make up for their mistakes. Mm -hmm. And um, like we're we're serious. We're whatever. We're wearing all black, whatever. (laughs) Whereas like Enema, and it's like, you know, you're, it's our first big record. And we would kind of do whatever they told us. Hey, you need to do we would do three or four days of 12 hours of press a day locked in a Crazy, hotel room. Man. It was wild, but we were just Brutal. like so grateful. We just did what we were told. Yeah. Like take off your shirts. Like <laughs> everyone try to put flowers in your dreadlocks, whatever. It would be like, yeah, okay. Like whatever you tell, you know, wow. we didn't, we didn't know that we had control of our band mm-hmm. and we, we might not have had control of our band. We, we might've tried to, regain control and they could have told us to fuck off whatever yeah whatever could have happened you know who knows but um was that mca records yeah yeah so you're just part of the kind of the machine sort of and then take off your pants we we started gaining more control and started understanding it and we were like yeah i think we wanted to make a more serious record even though there was like fun stuff i know we made yeah. that an album and we were turning it in and then everyone's like wait where's like What's my age again? Where's all the small things? Where's all like the, oh, that was the last obvi- record, obvious yeah. singles? And we were like, okay. So we did, we did first date. <laughs> yeah. We did rock show. Yeah. And we did, I forgot stay what other stuff. Stay kids. together. Yeah. Like in a few days. Cause wow. they're like, there's songs that are missing. So we just like spit them out. Dang. It was wild. And those were like our singles off that album. Fuck. So ha- very thankful someone was like, you're missing something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that record, that, that that seemed like that was a big record too. That was an awesome record. Yeah. I remember I came down to the, um, when me and Rob came down to the video shoot for, um, I think Rock Show or something. I remember that. Yeah. And the next album is my favorite, the self-titled one. That, that's the, that's like my favorite. I don't know what the transition was for Blink, but just the logo, just the, the sound of it. Um, Robert Smith on one of the songs, which is fucking amazing. Like, uh, I think that record just really... I guess it was like the adult kind of blink, I guess. I don't know. It was way more influences than just punk. It came out. You know what it was? It was like our influences. Like we had enough. Yeah. So like everything from the logo, like Yes. That was like the art department, like me and Max and John at Famous that came up with it. Okay. Instead of two albums, the last two albums, it's like the label comes and goes, oh, here's your album art. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And we were like, no, here's our album art. <laughs> That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And then Just so songs. much happened, too, between Takeoff and and um, the Untitled. Like, I did a Transplants album. Yeah. Um, Incredible band, Transplants. There was a Boxcar album. Yes. Uh, You're right. There was a lot was of... Plus 44 in there, too? No, after. So there was like a lot of growth and like just me being in other studios too, kind of learning more. Um, I don't know, just, you know, you listen to new music. Yeah, doing other projects. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, and it was like, it, and the big difference in that album is Take Off Your Pants, Animal was all, all those songs were hashed out in a room where you know the songs before you go in and record them. Whereas yeah. the self-titled Untitled album, we wrote those songs in a studio, which we'd never done before. Wow. So okay. like feeling this was like, I got this crazy drum idea, which became the intro. Yeah. I have this cowbell thing. This could be the chorus. And then just writing different or even like taking like, I'm feeling this and just make it in a loop. Like, yeah, we'd never done things like that before. So it was like trying new things. And just like I was, I was more involved every album. It's cool. Um, and we were learning as a band every album and just growing growing yeah i think i miss you it's like my favorite fucking blink song still man just everything yeah just the you. whole record is just it's a, it's its own thing compared to the other records i feel like you probably you probably get a whole almost a whole new audience from that record alone you know what i mean yeah i feel like for bands there's um there's like those songs on the albums that are almost bigger than the band like totally. i miss you was are bigger than our band Really? I think so. I think wow. I think all the small things was bigger than our band. Like oh, people yeah, were yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. you know how like yeah. everyone just knows a song and they're like, oh, it's that band. I feel yeah. I almost feel like that was happening to us a little bit. But that's I think that's a great thing when it happens because it just shows like a side a song can have be like have a really wide audience. Yeah. Like there's not a box like a ceiling on it. You know. Yeah. Um. But that's yeah. Awesome man. And then there was there was like a long. There's a long gap between that one and Neighborhoods. Was there? It seemed like, yeah. But that was great, too, with Up All Night and After Midnight. I think in Neighborhoods had, like, um, I'm not sure if Esteban did a video for that or something. It was somebody involved in that or, like, yeah, Esteban for Esteban. Esteban and Cartoon did all the art and stuff for Untitled, Self-Titled. Yeah. And they, um, like, Esteban came to Iraq with us. Wow. During that. It was really cool. cool. And then Neighborhoods, Mike Giant did the artwork. Um, that's right. And then that was our, you know what? That was the first album after Jerry Finn had passed. And I think that that's was, right. it was really difficult for everybody. And yeah, it was just, you know, I think, excuse me, after that, I think it's just four album cycles worth, worth of like touring a lot, working your ass off. And yeah. You know what I mean? You that can kind of be like... you make a new record and go back on tour, like cycle, right? Yeah. I think well, everyone... Get caught in that cycle, yeah. Everyone after Neighborhoods, I think, was just burnt out. But then you, have, you, you also have the Transplant, so that's a good way you can, you know, be artistic and creative with those records. They're all great records. That was such a great project, man. That yeah. was super fun, right? Thank you. Yeah, I love Transplants. That was fun, too, because it wasn't... It, it wasn't excessive touring. Yeah. And... It was just cool things here and there. Yeah, it was just we'd play shows, we'd do tours. Like the, we did the Foo Fighters tour. Our That's first right. tour was like us, AFI, and Distillers. Sick. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and then the Box Carasa tour, we did that in there too. That was yeah. awesome. Used that was an excellent tour, man. That was a great tour. H two O used in Boxcar. Such and a fun tour. Another example of just having putting out an album, doing a tour. And then it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't, uh, this doesn't ever feel like work or like burnout. You yeah, know? You've, you've always stayed busy though, even in between things. You always worked on different projects and just always stayed creative. You think that's because you, you, just, can't, you just can't chill? Yeah, I can't. Um, I still can't. I remember my friends used to be like, why do you work like you're broke? <laughs> and I'm like, well... 
I was Dude. broke. Yeah. You know, I did. I did grow up yeah. broke. Like I, I watched my dad struggle and my parents struggle. Like, um, yeah, that's how I. Ethic, that's man. how I yeah. grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I never had anything. So once I had something, I'm like, oh, I gotta. I always gotta fight and like work hard to keep it. And it, yeah, touring excessively where you're playing like however many shows, 300, 250 yeah. shows a year. Yeah, that feels like work at some point. If you don't get to do something creative in between, I think it's important to tap in and doing the creative. But um, yeah. I still I still am like that, you know? Like if I'm home and I have nothing to do, like that, that just, it's imp- that's, it you doesn't exist. Still. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I, create, I create something, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, that's what I, I love. And maybe it's a... Maybe it's not a great thing that I'm, I, I just, I like to be productive. It yeah. makes me feel good, you know? Be creative, yeah. How many hours do you sleep at night? Are you, are you a good sleeper? Uh, I'm not great. I got like four last night. Damn. It's terrible. That's one thing I, I'm actually doing a bunch of tests right yeah, now. Yeah, we're talking about that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I'm trying to figure it all out because like. Doing blood tests and all these different things. Yeah, I've, I've. I always stayed away from like doctors unless there was something wrong. Yeah. And whatever vitamins I take, I just take because I think I should take them. Yeah. No one's ever told. There's no method to the badness. Nutritionist or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm finally trying to figure it out because I'm at the point where I love running, like 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 you. Like I love running like three to five miles a day. I love working out. I love boxing. I love Taekwondo. I love Muay Thai, but I love touring. But I don't love like. I need to figure out the recovery part of it, like for as much as I like to be active. Yeah. So important as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends who's a UFC fighter had said, you got to do this. Like it's the most detailed testing ever. So that's what you're doing. Like, so I just started it. All your panels. And all I, that stuff. yeah, I, I actually got some reports back right before I got here and they weren't good. Okay. So I'm like, damn, I thought I'm, I thought I'm so healthy. Mm. thought I'm doing everything right. And, yeah. So this stuff's gonna help figure out your sleep and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, cause I don't, I don't love it. I, I usually get home from the studio really late, and even if it's like two or three in the morning, I'm like, I'm, a, I gotta get eight hours. I'm up at eight. Yeah. And I, I just want to get after it. I, I don't know what, what's programmed in me, but if I didn't have to sleep, I wouldn't. It's hard for brain to shut I love off. it. Yeah, I love. If <laughs> yeah, if my body could just keep going, I would. But I know yeah. that's not good. How's the cold plunge working out for you? I love it. Yeah. I really love the sauna cold plunge. It's so good, man. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Dewey from uh, Plunge. You uh, took care of Trav with a plunge. Yeah, it's fucking... It's amazing. It changed my life. And just wait. Now I don't even like... I like waking up and just jumping in there. I don't really time myself. Yeah. I just gauge it as like make myself uncomfortable to start my day. Yeah. It feels good. I don't time myself either anymore. It's crazy. I got crazy when I first had it. I'm not doing that no more. Yeah. But the energy you get from it during the day, it's so good, man. I can... I can feel like dopamine level and I could just feel like it. this wave of positivity and like being refreshed like immediately after yeah. I go in. What kind of shoes you run in? Mm, just whatever. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I haven't <laughs> figured that out yet either. I think like, I love Hocus man. I'm on the Hocus shit. right Really? Now. Yeah. I haven't tried them. I think I have a pair of Adidas that okay. I run in, but I've had them for years. They're probably like flat or something, but yeah, <laughs> I just, <laughs> love running 
I know, I love it. So you, you inspired me yesterday. I wasn't going to rest it yesterday, and you running on the beach. I was like, fuck, I'm going to go get it right now. It's just sometimes you have to get motivated, man. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's fucking hard, man. Um, all right, so, so we got Neighborhoods in California, and those are the ones with Skiba and Nine, and those ones are pretty good albums, too. I like, obviously, Skiba's my dude. But like hearing Skiba's him on there, awesome. yeah, I remember him hitting me that day when you guys been up to even talk about it at the crossroads. That was a crazy day. But those ones kind of those guns charted on Billboard as well. It was cool. You guys were playing one of those songs in your sets recently. Yeah, we played "Bored to Death" and yeah. and "Cynical." It was it, what's cool about seeing you guys recently too is you could tell that you've obviously stopped. Not you, you you've always continued working with different projects, but also Tom with Angels and Airways. Just his voice, just like I don't know, it was the best that's ever sounded, and like how tight you guys were it was like a brand new. It was crazy, dude. Thank you. It was really you could tell that people hadn't stopped working on music. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard someone say it's the best version of Blink One Eighty Two right now. Wow! And it it kind of feels like that. It 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 feels it just feels the way it should, and it yeah, feels it's not like forced. we took enough time off to come back and really love it again. And, yeah, and appreciate it again. And the first show back, Coachella, that was crazy. That was, I mean, leading up to that was so crazy because we, we started rehearsals and we were originally supposed to go to South America. And the, I remember that. the second day of rehearsals, I actually go, I'm like going to Orange County. It's so funny. I, I was supposed to go to Cheeto Vera's like, gym and box with him and Jason Perillo, and I can't find the gym. Okay. So I'm just like, okay, I'm lost in Costa Mesa. I'm going straight to rehearsals i'm gonna get it in i'm gonna go there afterwards third or fourth song in bam i like hit my finger oh, like yeah. smash it on the rim of my snare drum which i've done a million times covered in blood usually whatever and there's no blood but i i acknowledge okay that that hurt yeah. whatever i look down middle of the song i don't stop playing i straighten my finger out there's a golf ball size on my knuckle it's swollen I can't move it. It's stuck. It's never happened to me ever in stuck. my yeah. stuck. I can't move it if I tried. And um, everyone's like, just bend it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. So I go to a doctor. He thinks he, lo you know, sets it back into place. Week later, two weeks later, I try playing again. It comes out again. And then I start, like, kind of asking around, like, yo what's going on like yeah. is this gonna i'm supposed to play coachella in like a week um figure out that i i broke like detached like my volar plate from my ligaments tendons and broke the bone that sounds crazy yeah so they're like you did a number on your finger you got to get surgery right away going to surgery and then it's like the week of coachella Fuck. and i'm losing I'm already not sleeping, but I'm losing sleep thinking <laughs> about it. Like, damn, like, this was supposed to be the debut of Blink. Yeah. It's like a big look. No one knows we're playing. Uh, by the way, the world doesn't know we're playing. It's yes. like a surprise. Yes. So it kind of doesn't matter if we play or not. But to me, I'm like, ah, and Bill, going back to my child, Bill Fold. Like, yeah, you know, man. we met a year ago at my house in Palm Springs. And we were like, dude, Blink's got to play. It's going to be awesome. So I just call Mark and Tom and I'm like, I'm taping my finger and we're playing. And yes. they're like, what? And I said, yes. <laughs> like, dude, we can't do that. Then it's not going to be good for the U.S. tour. I said, it's going to be fine. Let's just like get in the room and see how it works. I'm going to, my doctor told me I could buddy tape it, even yeah. though I'm like 
two weeks out of surgery, a week out of surgery. And we did it. Rehearsal was awesome. And I think it was harder for everyone else because I think they were relieved of, ah, oh, you know, yeah. we don't have to debut at Coachella in front of however many hundreds of thousands of people. And then I'm good. I just keep saying I'm good. Yeah. Like how I can figure that I can get through sets like this. Let's go. Yeah. Buddy tape it. And then we play Coachella. Fuck. And then it's amazing. And it's, it's like so incredible. And then I remember we're at Coachella and I'm there on Sunday. I go to see Scowl, go to see a couple other bands. And I see Bill and he's like, dude, you might, you guys might be playing next week too. Uh, <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, I just stand by, you know? Wow. And then we get the call next week. And then that was probably just even better too. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Cause it, the, the idea was like play Sahara tent and make it go off. Like, yeah. you know, we could obviously be on a different stage, but make Sahara tent go off. And then the next week is on the main stage. And then for me, it was, wow. My finger just held up two weeks in a row. Yeah. Now let's see how it holds up on the U S tour and then held up on the U S tour. I still have to buddy tape it, but hopefully it's going to be back to normal soon. But How's it feel yeah. now? The other day in practice, I didn't tape it, and I got through like five songs, and I thought I broke it again. Wow. So to answer your question, I still <laughs> I still need to tape it. Like, yeah. You know, like that, that saying, like, listen to your body. You got to do that. My body was telling me, yeah. I thought I broke it the other day. Fuck. I was, yeah. Yeah, so that's... You can probably figure out with all the blood tests too, like how you're healing and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I'm praying they don't come to me and are like, it's because you don't eat meat or whatever. I'm like, please don't tell me any of that because I'm not, <laughs> not going to change any of that. I'll You've do probably anything. been through that too, being in the crash and hospitalized and through all these different tests. Like, So yeah, that's a great segue to veganism. Like, um, What inspired you to be vegan? How long have you been vegan for now? So I was vegetarian since I was a kid. Yeah. Like at 12 or 13, I would always hide like meat in my pockets because I, I <laughs> was brought up in a household where my mom made food. My dad, you were forced to eat whatever she made. You got to eat it. And you can't we'll leave. Yeah, you can't leave the dinner table until you yeah whatever. So <laughs> I figured that out. I just put the meat in my pocket. Wow. My mom even had a deal with me where she would just throw it away when she saw it. She was cool. And... Wow. um kept it from my dad and then yeah vegetarian my whole life I just didn't love the texture of meat yeah and then I didn't really understand why and then I figured out what meat was I figured out what a hot dog was yeah. what liver was what any of this stuff meatloaf and I was like yeah makes sense I don't like you know I don't want to do that I don't want to eat eat animals and I don't like the way it tastes so vegetarian for a long time and then after my plane crash in the hospital, classic Western medicine. Yes. You have to eat meat like while you're in the hospital. You are not going to, you know, recover. So I wasn't eating. Um, shout out to Skinhead Rob. Skinhead Rob would come to the hospital. I would give him my food. Like, dude, throw it away. Wow. And I just wasn't eating. Dang. They ended up sticking a hose down my throat to like feed me like that, which was miserable. It was, al it was already miserable being there, but that made it even more miserable. Damn, man. And then one of my nurses was like, let's just find something you like. I make 
really good beef jerky. Can I just make you some beef jerky? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So he brings me bags of beef jerky. So I lived off of bags of beef jerky and the peanut butter dream at Robux or what's the other one? I know what you're talking about. Uh, Is it Robux or what's the other one? Fuck, man. Looking at it right now. Fucking the old smoothie spot, right? Yeah. Jamba juice? Jamba juice. (laughs) So Cheese and Armin, like two of my greatest friends, they would bring me... They're they're two thousand calories or something. Uh-huh. I would have two a day, gotcha. and then I'd have a bag of beef jerky. So I did everything they told me to in the hospital. There was no explaining to them or getting through to them that yeah. I could somehow You're find surviving too. Like you just yeah, protein some other way. They were just like, you have to eat meat. So I did. Got out. All of my friends begged me, please let me take you to a steakhouse. Let me do whatever. Wow. I went. Like for two days, I tried everything they wanted me to. It was disgusting. I didn't like any of the food. <laughs> Decided to go the opposite direction, take it even a step further, and I just became vegan. Wow. And never it's, looked back. It's crazy because I think now hospitals and doctors are more aware of like foods and how it connects to your body and blood pressure and all the different kinds of things. But like just the food in the cafeterias and the vending machines at the hospital, it's like, Candy, it's just all bad. It's crazy. What's strange is everyone that I've known who's had cancer, the first thing they tell them to do is stop eating meat or dairy. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I just, it's so weird. It's almost like if the, if it's not cancer, the protocol isn't to be vegan. It, it's just only if you have cancer, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, whereas I'm like, well, shouldn't we listen to that protocol all the time? Not Not only when we have cancer and we're dying or... You know, yeah, I think our life's threatened. I think people are more uh, aware of it now and conscious of it, the connections to all of it and what it does to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some doctors have been or told one of my friends recently to cut back on red meat, which I, I was so shocked that that's happening. They're saying that now. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because I think the, the time, the, uh, the hours they spend learning about health or diet, doctors is not that much time, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um. I want to talk about Famous Stars and Traps, too. Obviously, it started in 1999. Yeah. And now I'm slowly seeing shit pop up here and there. Like I told you, I saw Billy rocking that jersey the other day. It's so um, famous since 9. So it's slowly, it's coming back. Not that it really disappeared. It just kind of like went and then, because I remember during uh, Meet the Bark, that that was like, it was like, I remember seeing Lil Wayne wearing the belt buckle on the cover of Source magazine. I was like, that's a wrap. Rick Ross has the F tattoo on his chest. Like, just that timing and all that was just amazing, dude. It was insane. <laughs> it was so crazy. Yeah, I went from, like, <laughs> Millhouse was actually part yeah, of it the Mill around House, the man. time. We would just tag, and we would, like, we had this thing called the Voltron Crew. Voltron Crew. Sick. And we would tag up everywhere and put stickers up everywhere. And it was, like, kind of like a small little graffiti crew. Okay. And then I'm, like, so... The same idea, but you make it so you don't get in as much trouble. You know, when you get yeah. arrested or you get caught. And then I was like, oh, famous stars and straps. Like, That's how it started. Make belts, straps, call them straps, stars and straps, famous. Everyone yeah. wants to be famous. Um, and some guy, Eddie Rock, the mother or something, drew it or something. Yep. Yeah, I was wow. like, I was really inspired by Rough Riders. And gotcha. there are, and that's where the famous badge came from. Even though it doesn't look like the Rough Riders are, yeah. you could kind of see. I see it right now. I never how thought it's about in the that. same family, you know. Wow. And uh, and at the time, I was 
there was like brands. I think it was Billabong was like really, really in cahoots with like Blink. And they mm-hmm. wanted to pay us to wear their clothes. Hurley. Yeah, Hurley. And I was like, I'm not quite a surfer. I still love skating. I love old cars. Yes. I love rap music. I love punk rock music. I love hardcore music. I'm just going to create my own thing that it's lifestyle. It's all of these things. Yeah. You know? And then that's where that started. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any education or experience in what I was doing. Yeah. I just had a passion and, and a I, vision. A vision, yes. Yes. And that's she went crazy, bro. Those two things are the still what I feel like is required when you want to do something, of you course. know? Um but yeah, yeah, it just went it was in it was the pace at which it grew was it was like skateboards, punk never rockers, seen. BMX riders, musicians, tattoo artists. Like it, it crossed every genre. Yeah, like everything you love, it crossed all that. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Like, and I feel like when you're on that TV show, it even went bigger. Yeah, it was between like everyone that saw me and the exposure from Blink to the exposure from like Meet the Barkers to Wayne wearing it to Puffy wearing it to Rick Ross to everybody wearing it. It was like. It was insane. I remember one day I woke up and Kanye West emailed me. He's like, damn, you created this. So cool. And he sent me a badge. And I was just like, wow. How did Kanye get my email? I'm like, (laughs) you know, this is like early Kanye that's producing still, you know, like college graduate just came out. Um, It's like all the love from hip hop and everything. Yeah, it was it was so cool. And um, and it felt so good because it's just it's so pure and it's so organically like yeah. you you know it's yeah. like it's like when your band gets big off playing the music you love it's just totally like, whoa you know so it got really really big um fuck i mean and um and then was going for like how many years over 10 15 yeah over 10 15 years like it the got to a life point story had the original store in corona or whatever yep i think blink played a show there so like yeah i didn't know that you had to get a business license or <laughs> or a wholesale license or anything i just got the keys to this spot on magnolia boulevard in riverside riverside opened yeah. like started selling like zero skateboards famous um 98 yeah all that stuff right there and Blink played our grand opening, completely shut down Magnolia Boulevard and Riverside. Police came. People were, like, standing and jumping on people's cars. It was amazing. Like, the coolest grand opening ever. I got shut down by the city. Figured out I just should have a warehouse and yeah. sell to stores instead of having my own store. Yeah. Because it required a lot, and it was a lot of responsibility. And... um yeah, built it to be a really big company. Like Puff tried to buy it off me. Wow. Tommy Hilfiger tried to buy it off me. And Damn. Um, I just couldn't let go of your baby. You contr- created it. It's yours. I couldn't let go of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know the business motto. I know a lot of people would say, oh, that was really foolish of you. That's what the goal is. You build the company and you sell it. But it was literally my DNA. That was mine. Yes. I no one else could have done it yeah so i could have i couldn't sell it i just couldn't no amount of money made sense to me so i just you kind of held held on to it and then yeah the last few years it's been it's been a few years where i've just like 
just let it go into hibernation mm-hmm. because I feel like all good things you you gotta you gotta let them go away so people miss them again. But I see there's such a resurgence of the '90s and the 2000s. People wearing Jenko jeans. People wearing bigger stuff. People wearing famous. People wearing all this throwback stuff. That like now is the perfect fucking time. Yeah. And so like seeing Billy rocking it, and then I sent you a picture. Billy Biohazard wearing it. Yeah. It's like so. Where is this coming from? It's so crazy. Like, Are you that's, slowly getting it out to people? Yeah, that's actually a sample. Of I, our of our yeah. jersey, which is yes. super cool, that I guess her stylist gave her, and I love Billy, yeah, and like I love her even more because like she's at the Girl Biscuits H two O show. That's that's a beautiful thing. So um, cool. So yeah, like little things are happening like that, and then I talk to people, and they're telling me they're buying it off resale sites. Yeah, I see people and just, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, we're gonna relaunch. Not really be stuck or like confined to any seasons, yeah. But just release collections like okay. when we want to, to start Smart, off with. Dude. Yeah, I see it, dude. Unless this motherfucker should slowly come in. <laughs> it's his best way to do it, though. Yeah, it's exciting. And I appreciate you supporting One Life One Chance back in the day with Famous. That was awesome. Of course, man. I have it tattooed on my head. I know. Yeah, I love you, man. That's awesome. And we got to give that drum set away to that school we needed a music program. That was beautiful. Yep. And just like making a rate, just all that cool stuff. Me and Millhouse did with that, and we did the Roxy show. That was super awesome. Um, also, DTA Records, Bear, MGK, Mod Son. You work with Feldy, Alva Levine's new record. I feel like you've been such a big part of all of those people. And like you're such a good team with Feldy when you're producing and doing stuff and finding new artists and stuff and staying creative in your studio. Yeah. It's really cool, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Like, I actually, I was only home for a few weeks this time, but me and Feldy got in for three days and we we, uh, we made a whole album with that band One Step Closer. Okay. Just like a, a, a straight edge, like hardcore band. Wow. It's pretty cool. That, Where are they from? Their album's incredible. Um, they're from out here? They are from Virginia. Okay. The, some of them are from Virginia. I think some are from like near Philly. Okay. Um, or Hershey. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. I, I started working with Kells again on some of his album when I was home. I just finished the Blink album. Like produced that's the done. Blink album. Yeah. So um, that's really all I did the majority of this year was was that. Like that, that was my project that I just... For me, for me, it's like fielding Jerry's shoes, who... It's a big deal. Yeah, I think I constantly would be like, what would Jerry do? Or yeah. just kind of like, I think back to my time with Jerry, and I did a lot of like listening and observing. Um, and I think the challenge was, is like, be in the band and be very present, but also take myself out of the band and just be a fan, which I started in the beginning with blink yes and never lose that especially when producing and um and just really really making a well-rounded album and i i, I feel like I, I did it you know yeah, man. um so far i mean only zane's heard it and we just did our zane low interview and he's he, heard the whole record you played me some songs too they're awesome the ones you played in the studio. yeah he described it as enema the state like all grown up mm-hmm. but as good as enema and I'm like, that's amazing. That, there's no better, or bigger compliment. Yeah. You know? So is there a name for the album you can't say? Or when's the album coming out? When does this podcast come out? Whatever you want, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> the name of the album is called One More Time. Okay, sick. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how many songs on it? 17. Sick. Yeah. 
And Edging's always the single that's been out for a while. Yeah, Edging. Super fun song. Edging's on there. There's some cool stuff. There's like a... I think I sent you... I think I sent you one of the songs. There was like... I heard some in the studio too. I did an EP of hardcore, like songs I did with me and Tim Armstrong. No, no, no. You sing it, bro. Yeah. For all the listeners, this dude sends me these songs and I'm listening to the songs and I thought he's playing drums over it. You're actually singing on these songs, which... It's crazy. Yeah. So one of them is on the album. Like Tom. Oh, you singing. Tom loved it so much. He's like, Dude. so Tom and I trade back and forth on it. And then, yeah, like on the single, I sing on it. On a few songs, I sing on it. But this is you singing on these songs you sent me. Like, I'm like, holy shit. This is like yeah. your first singing debut on a whole song? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because like on, on Obvious, I would sing or whatever. Very small. Like I would just do like little stuff. And then like wrote lyrics on, on songs like I Miss You, like. Okay. Um, all those like Nightmare Before Christmas references on I Miss You Is Me, whatever. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this album is Live just... like Jack and Sally? Mm-hmm. That's you? Yeah. Come on. I didn't know that's yeah. cool. Awesome. Damn. But yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of this album. Will there be another Transpens record someday? I don't know. We were almost going to do... That anniversary the, show somewhere, I remember that too. Yeah, there was an anniversary show, yeah. and, and then there's one that's like a benefit for Hawaii okay. that we were going to do, but it's the week that Rockies do. Rocky 13 Barker. Rocky 13 Barker. Such a hard name, man. <laughs> I was like, he's going to come out of the <laughs> my wife's vagina like doing front kicks and push-ups. And <laughs> Dude, it's such a great, yeah. that's such a great name. Thank you. When's the baby due? Halloween. Come on, dude. Yeah. You couldn't plan it any better. That's I fucking, know. Wow. It's either Halloween or like the first week of November. Would there be like another Give, Give the Drummer Some album, part two? It's hard to say. Like, I would love to. I think I just have to tap back in and be home. Yeah, That's was, how usually things work is like yeah. when I'm home from tour, you'll kind of see me do a, a lot. And it's yeah. because I just have time home. There was so many, that record was crazy. I remember we come on the road, I, dude, I spoke at like two schools, me and Tim came out, you had the tour uh, with Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne were on that tour, but there's like so many guests on that record. I mean, Rick Ross, The Game, Raekwon, fucking Slash, Steve Aoki, Buster. I mean, the list is crazy for that record. The support on that record was nuts. Snoop, Luke Fiasco, Bun B, Swizz Beats, Tech Nine, Paul Wall. Yeah, it was so Expensive fun. Taste, that was another yeah. one you had. Fuck, bro. You robbing Paul, that was crazy. Yeah. Making that album was so fun, and I think like you can relate. Like growing up, listening to rap music, yes, and I was kind of raised by both. You know, yes, you were like punk rock, rap music. Like Same. just being able to do something with it feels so good. Like from the moment like I'm in Blink and Puff tells me, "Hey, come be in this video, play drums on this song," or we ain't yeah any of those are just like the game yeah rihanna soldier boy ti like i played Dude, like it's yeah crazy like, when i started seeing you do all that shit i was like yo this is awesome because i know your love for hip-hop i know you're beyond just the guy in the blink 182 and that's not all the music you've been listening to period you listen to everything so when i saw you branching off doing this other shit, i was stoked for you you know what i mean that's like yeah to play with like people you grew up listening to or and that's how not that you needed to stay relevant, but you staying so in the mix of all different genres of music. I feel like where you're at now in your life, it's because of all that and doing different things and not just staying in one genre. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's not who you are in the first place. Like playing with all these different artists, it's just insane. Yeah, it's, that's been 
the most fulfilling thing in my life, you know? Yeah, you can play on anything. I just maybe not country, but yeah, I did. You know, it was it was the it was the one time I think my dad was the most proud, Whoa. and it was in the height of me playing with rappers. Really, it was Country Music Awards doing a tribute for Buck Owens. And oh I, wow! And I played, and my dad. That, that's the, I think the only show my dad has cared about. And I always <laughs> say, like I think I've said it in a different interview, is like getting ready for that show. I forget everyone. It was like Brad Paisley. Damn. Um, one of the guys from ZZ Top, like some other, like Dwight Yoakam, some OGs, and, and we were rehearsing. I remember them saying, like, someone kept missing a cue. And one of the older cats said to him, he's like, hey, man, you know the part? And he's like, yeah, why? And he's like, because we have enemies in the crowd, and we're not going to we're not gonna fuck up like we can't what? fuck up we have enemies in the crowd we got to play this right you know wow <laughs> it was so gangster oh, i was like these guys don't fuck around like i've never even heard like when i've played enemies with like crowd? yeah we have enemies in the crowd we can't be fucking up like we got to play wow. good you know it was pretty pretty awesome <laughs> i was like okay um what about like another book i know you had the can i say book would you ever do another book and thanks for the love in your book i never get to thank you that oh, of course of course um, would you do another book I think I would. I feel like I had to get that out because I needed to, it helped a lot and it was therapeutic Therapeutic. talk about like my drug use, talk about like, I don't know, just some of the things that I wasn't proud of as much as some of the things that I was really proud of. I was worried about you then. That's what I'm going record saying. We we hung out so tight in the box car race until we got the True Romance tats. You had LaSalle Records. We would talk about maybe H2O might go there. You put out the Danny Diablo record. And then like after everything, you got caught up in the, was it liquid Cody? Whatever. What is shit we drinking? Yeah. I was because I lost touch with you, and I would see you here and there, and I was like, that was a scary time. Yeah, it and was. I'm glad you're here. And you're good, thank you. Know? you. Yeah. Thank you so much. But I knew you're going through pain. I knew you're in pain. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right before my plane crash, or I don't know, like those year, those years. I mean, Blink wasn't together. I was, I, I was starting to. It was getting better when I was playing with Adam, like DJ AM, and we. Yeah. I mean, we pulled off. We we playing with him and what we were doing with the drummer and DJ from like yeah, headlining to, to like Coachella, yeah. like Sahara tent and like doing MTV music awards. Like AM and I was, I was, I was so happy and so fulfilled, you know, and not, not being in a band, but doing what I did with him. Cause he was like a guitar player that knew every genre in the world. It was my dream gig. Yeah. You know, we played everything, but there was a big party atmosphere. Yeah, and, it was. Yeah. He was like, he was a really positive influence on me, though. And when I lost him, that was hard because he used to... I remember, like, even when I was going through my divorce, he, like, challenged me. He's like, hey, you need to be sober to make a decision like this. I'm challenging you to be sober for three days. Three days. Yeah. If you can do three days, tell me how you're feeling and Fuck. see if your decision's the same, you know? So, like, <laughs> yeah, Adam was... That was That must have been hard because everything. he was the only surviving friend you had to bomb with over everything. Yeah, he was the only one. Like, I lost Chris, lost Che. Um, and I remember after my plane crash, he was like, hey, can we just meet up? And, like, once I got out of the hospital, can we just talk about what we remember and what you oh, remember? Wow. And, like, and he used to be, like, you know, he he had expressed to me he really wasn't doing good. And I think, like, I had three kids looking at me Yes. at home. So I, even though I wasn't doing okay, I needed to act like I was doing okay, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, like it was like, cause right before I was playing with Adam, 
was going through a divorce. I remember like Europe still haunts me. I was in Europe and I was playing a plus 44 tour and I got there and the day I got there, I was so addicted to like pills, pills, like lean, um, drink anything, anything but being sober. And it was dark, man. It was like it, it was like drumming? winter in Europe, you know. Ooh, that's already depressing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I was already depressed, but I remember calling the guys and like, no, nah, I could drum, I could do anything. That was the scary thing. But like, I think it was the first part. It was the first time I felt suicidal, where I was Damn. like, I had to call Mark and I had to call my drum tech and be like, I just got here. I think it's in my best interest to go home. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. So like, I didn't do that tour, and then, and then I wasn't, you know. It was it was really tough, but I, we were just talking about it the other day in rehearsal, with Mark, um, and um, yeah, I think just like those dark times, and then being with Adam, such a positive influence. Like talk about PMA and being yeah. sober. Like I would yeah. go to his, I wasn't sober. I'd go to all his AA meetings and listen to him talk. He was like, his documentary is great. If anyone has, I did seen see that. It. I also saw he was it's doing a, like a TV show for MTV about yeah. sobriety too, when that happened, which led him, you know, to be tempted to do drugs again. Wow. You know, it was really hard for him. But yeah, it was like Adam really put me, he almost like prepared me for everything I was about to go through with the plane crash. Um, mm. He really was just a positive influence. And I, you know, was sober for a number of years after my accident, like 10 years. Did you have nightmares and stuff from all that? Yeah. Yeah. Flashbacks. I would, I would have things. the worst flashbacks. I mean, I yeah, can't imagine, dude. Yeah. I would like a, Maybe the week I got out of the, the hospital, I was in the burn center. That was in Van Nuys. It's not there anymore. But even when I drive by that building, I just I look at that building much different than anyone else I'm looks sure. at that building. I, I'm I have, sure. I know everything in that building. And um, But when I first got out, I remember my friend Armin used to come walk with me. And if I saw a plane in the sky, I would run under a tree or a bush. Duck. I was like, wow. it was insane. Like Even my doctors, they were like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. I don't know how you're gonna bounce back. And um, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Is it true that, that you could taste uh, fuel in your in your throat or something a couple months after or something? For months, I would burp up jet fuel. Oh my god, dude, that's so crazy. Have dude. you watched um, Have you watched Snowfall? Yes. So like in Snowfall, where where she's in the hospital and she's like, kind of. Um, detoxing and okay. just like swinging on you know like people yeah, 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 yeah. that was me like i was i i had the best burn doctor dr peter grossman who's like had the the burn center here for years but i would swing on dr grossman mid mid surgery because they couldn't get my meds right i was i was given everything they give to everyone else to fall asleep but i would wake up because i had self-medicated so much yeah that my pain wasn't right. I was always in pain. Wake up mid-surgery. I would swing on people who are just trying to help me out and trying to like perform surgeries on me and wow. save my life. It was it was ugly. Um, but yeah, just such a good learning experience from all that. When people say like, "Hey, how did you how did you stop doing drugs?" Well, I, I detoxed in a burn center for six months. You know? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I caught on fire and then I'm. Wow, yeah, dude. And yeah. so, are your feet burnt? Like, what part of your yeah, so 70% of my body's burnt, like my feet. But lower half, yeah. Yeah, like they said, probably won't be able to run. You might play the drums different. None of it's true. Like, okay. I run all the time. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm so fortunate. Like I, I can't even tell I'm burnt. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did tattoo over some of my burns, like my back. And how does um, that feel? It's good. It's good. I mean, yeah. you know what tattoos feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's. I don't know if they could get worse. You but know, over that's kind of gnarly. Over like a burn. Yeah, the skin is definitely like thinner. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm so yeah. I'm so blessed that you know, I you can have, I can do everything. Um, do you have any major regrets in your life? Mm. No. I like that. It's Not strong really. No. I feel like everything I've I've learned I've learned from everything was a lesson. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you've been through you've been through a lot, a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and then what about like? Uh, I mean, it's a it's kind of a dumb question, but I know like if you're an optimist or pessimist, you're super positive. You've always been like that. Always believed in yourself through the dark times and everything. Never gave up. Never yeah. Quit. Even my biggest challenges now, even. I am the optimist now. Even when it comes to flying now, I'm yeah. I'm like, oh, everything's going to be good. Like, yeah. Were you I'm always not... like that? Pretty positive? I was white-knuckled from flying from the time I was a kid. I think my mom was terrified of flying. I witnessed her flying one time when we went to go visit Chicago, uh, where our family was from, where my mom was from. And that immediately taught me to be afraid of flying i think as a kid because i had no other reason to be afraid of flying. yeah but i had weird things when i was 19 and i was living in laguna and i was a trash man i got drunk it was one of my first times really drinking like where i was drunk and i remember telling my manager he didn't tell me this until after the accident he came to me after the accident was like do you remember you were 19 we left hennessy's in laguna you were drunk at my apartment and you told me you were going to die in a plane crash Bro. I was like, whoa. And I Damn. I didn't remember until he had reminded me. And I'm like, whoa. But wow. I was, part of me believes, I, I manifested that, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Really? Yeah. Because you've been worried about your whole life. My whole life. That's crazy. Like, um, true story, before we got on that flight, we took like a G4 out to... South Carolina for the show. Me and me and DJ AM had a show. Our way home. Last minute, we finished playing. Had a great show. AM, Lil Chris, Che. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I want to get home. Yeah, I want to get home. Let's take a flight home tonight." I'm like, "Well, we have a commercial flight tomorrow. Let's just chill." Yeah. We end up getting a private plane. Pull up, airport. Looking at all the planes, I'm like, dude. That can't be our plane. <laughs> and it's like small. It's foggy. I'm like, yep, that's your plane. And I get out and I call my dad. And I'm like, dad, I have a horrible, horrible feeling about this flight. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I just, dad, I don't know. I think like, I just have a bad feeling. And he's like, He's always so like tough, like get a, get a hold of yourself, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man up. Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like upset. I'm like crying. And he's Damn. like, Trav, like what what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, pal. I'm like, but if whatever, if anything happens, make sure the kids are cool. Like whatever. I don't. I know I'm divorced from their mom. Make sure like the kids have the house, whatever, any of my belongings. Take a picture of it. Send it to him. Lil Chris, he's, I mean, he's a ride or die. He's like with me, like, yeah, fuck this plane, Trav. <laughs> you know, wow. he's like, 
also sent a, a, a picture of himself, whatever, to like Skinhead Rob, I think, his his wife. Um, and um, I called it. Fuck. So weird. It. And then like, my dad probably thought I was crazy, but 20 minutes later, he's getting a phone call like, hey, your son has just been in an accident. Wow, dude. We're airlifting them to this hospital in Georgia. It was like, Ah, oh, so like that is unreal, man. Back to like, yeah, I'm like, damn, did I just talk about it too much? And was I so afraid of it that I, I don't, I don't know if that's possible. You can just manifesting things. Yeah, make things happen. Like I know you can manifest great things. Yes, that's but a PMA, can you, Yeah, can you manifest all these negative things too? And I, you probably can. You know, I, Fuck. I, I read into it a lot now, and it's like, what you say, what you think, you become. So. I'm, I'm very out there. I'm yeah. very cautious about the negative things now, you know? Yeah. You said something cool to me last week too, like about social media and just like your reputation is everything to you. Like you defend that to the end. You've worked your whole life out for being just, uh, uh, just a good person and um, an honest person, a real person. And you don't take that shit lightly. Even if it is like one comment, like you did check that dude a couple weeks ago, which is amazing. He backpedal everything, but do you pay attention to shit like that, like negative stuff online? No. Because I'm sure now it's in, like just the comments and shit, like with the life you're having now, everything's on. It's just the whole, it's public almost, everything in your life. Yeah. You know, you I, us- I usually don't. I just saw that come up. I had such a good time at Sound and Fury. Yeah. I had such I, a good yeah. time. And I don't even know, but I was looking because there was something about Blink. And uh, I was looking at, at like Twitter which sadly, I, I hate that it's become like a negative place for a lot of people. But it's so negative. I was like dude. looking, and um, someone's like, "Yeah, real cool how you cleared out the entire green room when you came to Sound and Fury and kicked everyone out." And I'm like, "Green room? No green room. Wasn't that a green room? No. I I got there and I walked like right on stage, right on stage, and like stood there by everybody, you know, with All you and everybody. Yeah. Um, so like things like that where it's like. I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe he was thinking like, maybe he wasn't even there. And he's like, oh, I bet someone of like Travis's stature or something would go and do something like this. I'm like, never, bro. I I showed up to that show by myself. Solo, dolo. Yeah, I don't even like, I don't, I don't show up anywhere with security. I I showed up, watched Speed and Trapped Under Ice Play. Had a great time and I went. stoked. It was awesome. The truth is I went home all by myself and like, yeah. All big self. And then you you got on the internet and you tried to paint a different picture for anyone because you just couldn't believe I was there by myself and not yeah. not doing something like that. I don't know. It's so weird. And then, and then the fest was like, uh, there was no green room. This didn't happen. That was awesome. Yeah, because I d- ne- never would I go try to alter any any kind of environment or anything to benefit me. There's not a chance. Yeah. Like I'm like, no, nah, I'm there like everyone else. Just like I said, like, I want to be here like anyone. Else. I don't want no special treatment. And like, yeah, I see stuff sometimes, but there's some shit. I really, I really try not to respond. Like sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, like Trav's like married a Kardashian, so he's a Kardashian now." I'm like, I haven't changed one bit. No. Like I fell in love with my best friend. I've known her for ten years, and, and I, I shit, never yeah. changed to know her. Yeah, she's never changed to know me. Um, I think it just. I think it troubles people when you haven't changed and they mm-hmm. got to like, they got to throw something out there to try to 
bait you and then when you say something they're like oh oh oh, okay just like that guy did yeah he's like oh my bad you know but i try not to like are there big misconceptions out there of you that bother you or that you think are funny sometimes you laugh at shit yeah i don't i don't really stay in tune to him i just see him i just see him every once in a while and i'm like i know these people like i couldn't be more myself than i am you know Um, and then that's interesting because it's like there's so much positives to it too but then it's also just like you checking DMs and stuff mm, sometimes you probably yeah. get a lot of DMs a day yeah they're pretty positive like I don't I don't have a lot of negative I think that's the most negative things is like the random making like, things up like I that I just couldn't believe I was at a hardcore show enjoying <laughs> myself having a good time like everyone else or like people that are just like you know what I love too are like um, Courtney wearing the agnostic front shirt of yours and people tripping on it's like dude she's wearing a husband's shirt like I love yeah. that Zach did a whole post defending it and different people talked about it it's just a, it's just a shirt man me too it's like it's crazy Zach was awesome for that and like it is it's like it's pretty common for someone's wife to wear their shirt or, yeah. or sweatshirt without having to like answer to anybody you what know what does she think because it's crazy because when you guys got together your band wasn't playing so now she's first time seeing you play in Blink and also hearing the types of music you like it's, it must be like a totally kind of different world for her though as far as the music she likes yeah I think she would especially like Chromags or something or AF or something it's like a relationship that was so built on friendship yeah that it's, it's important she didn't know you know <laughs> yeah. like she would know like oh you go to these crazy shows or like you do this or you do that but it didn't it was so based on like pure intentions of just falling in love with each other totally. you know um and she's probably open-minded even to check it out you know what i mean like yeah it wasn't you know i there's times when i'm in the car and i'm listening to like r&b music <laughs> and i'm like whoa <laughs> you know but yeah. i can find the good in it or i can find like whatever and then I don't know, or whatever she listens to. If we listen to Shaw Day for four hours driving home from like Palm Springs, yeah, that makes me happy. We have a lot in common. And then we have things that are different, you know, like she has four sisters, or yeah, what? One, two, three, four sisters. Like, and like, I don't know anyone that's so close to their siblings as them. From an outside perspective, it seems like they're super tight. I mean, I've been to your house for a couple things for your bachelor thing. That was awesome meeting her for the uh, the gender reveal of your child. Uh, Halloween, she's so cool. Everybody met through that family is so cool and down to earth. And like, obviously, this perception of that family on on television or whatever. But like, I know you're a real person, so it's like, and you're, and you're still the same person. So it's like there's just people. It's like yeah, they're know. just people. I do think that there is people that probably would want to hang out with them or be friends with them to yeah, exploit them totally. and, and that isn't me i've known i've known yeah. i've known them for years but it's a tight and, circle man it's a tight yeah and i'm like you see how when you're at anything like you come to with my family dude nobody's on nobody's filming nothing no Every time i've been there nobody's even your bachelor party nobody's on their phones everybody's just hanging it's cool man it's yeah like, it's surprising how normal it is you know yeah so like that's why i just yeah when it is, it is, there is things that are crazy. I mean, yesterday I was in Santa Barbara and I just, like I have a really small home out there that's on the beach that nice. I just love being by the water. Me too. And we go there and there's like, yeah, like we don't, Court and I just want to walk down the beach. Do we want some buddy like follow, like someone followed us from Calabasas to Santa Barbara. Wow. Like driving fast. And I'm like, nah, we're not going to drive fast. We're just, just ignore them. 
So Whatever. there's people outside your house. Well, it's hard. I've been to your house, so you have to go to a couple of gates to even get in there. So all those people really can't get in there, but paparazzi waiting and shit like that, that's kind of a normal kind of thing. Yeah, it's not something, you know, I I love or she loves, and it's like, yeah. yeah. She seems like the Would I love it without it? Yeah, I would love it. Like, it'd be awesome. Like, our days where they're not around yeah. are, are great days. And then when they are around, you know what? I'm not going to, like, I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to let it bug me. I'm going to carry on how I'm carrying on. It's like... I was running on the beach and some guys in my face, lightweight, chasing me with the camera. It's like, what? I'm just going to ignore what, you. What, I was talking yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah. So shit. it's like, yeah, but like... You can't get mad. You can't do shit about it. I mean, like, you've yeah. had your shit in the past with paparazzi and shit like that. And like, I used to get... Yeah, there's like a, get, there's a there's a famous <laughs> video of me, Skinhead Rob, and Cheese, like, almost getting into a cheese. fist fight with them. And it's like, yo, it's not worth it. I'm just going to ignore them. I, I don't... I don't want that attention. I'll yeah. make it very known. I just, I just yeah, I just want to be... But I remember back then, you would fucking flip on... The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want a normal... I want my kids to be healthy. I want I want to, like, my family to be happy, my friends to be happy, not hurt anyone, and, I don't know, cruise. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, my goal, you know? Are there, are there TV shows you watch related, like, are other reality shows? I don't watch any. The only thing I watch right now oh, is like Snowfall. Yeah, Snowfall. I'm addicted to Ariel Hawani. Like, that? I'm a, I, I figured it out. Like, I was talking to Andy Galpin. He's like the guy who's doing a bunch of my blood work. But he was, he was, he was trying to like dive into my sleep and why it's so horrible. We were kind of talking. TV show you watching? No, but he was like, what helps you sleep? And I said, watching Ariel Hawani, MMA hour. Oh. And, and it's like, I do. I love UFC. I love boxing. I, I love MMA. And he he basically laid it down. He said, "You watch that because it's a way for you to escape, like everything you do. So that's why you dive in to MMA and you love the hard work and the training that goes into it. Yeah. But it's an escape for you because I'm like, you're gonna die laughing when I tell you what puts me to sleep. And it's Ariel Hawani. I don't know if it's like his voice. It's like hearing the fighters on there, but I can just put it on, close my eyes, and now I have to watch it and kind of listen and fall asleep. And but you fall asleep to the TV usually? Yeah, it's like my home alone, you know, like when you're yeah. sick or whatever, it's Ariel Hawani, so it's so funny. But yeah, I, I love MMA. I love like the embedded, like leading up to fights or like all access for uh-huh. like boxing on HBO. Um, oh, the training up until the end of yeah, fights and stuff? That's yeah. my favorite thing is seeing people like train and work hard and and the fight and accomplishing something or even if you didn't even if you didn't win like yeah. you fought you fought the good fight and you like homework the other day like Diaz we texted about Diaz the other night man I'm like the best his he was his swagger that night and just like the things he was doing just like he just he's so I love him it was so fun to watch man like Nate Diaz won that fight even though he didn't Agreed. officially win that fight he was so entertaining he was Agreed, so fun dude. he's not a boxer he sat in there and went all 10 rounds and like, see, they might fight again for ten mil or something like a real, like a yeah. I feel like May fight or something like that. Nate's just a, he's he's such a good human too. Yeah, that's a great guy. Like, it's great. Yeah, I never, I never cared guy. about that kind of stuff and started watching the past couple of years, and now I just like love watching those fights. I don't know something about violence when I became a dad. It didn't really appeal to me, and then later on, like once my son grew old, I started watching more things like that. But. Because the world's such a crazy place when you have a kid, you see it different, you know? I was the same way. After, I would go shooting all the time just to know how to use a gun. And I've, you know, I'm a gun owner. I never shot, um, my wife is too. I never shot a gun before. I'm scared, but I'm going to try it soon. Really? Yeah, I never tried it. Yeah, we would go to like 
LA gun club go shooting. Yeah. And then after, after becoming a father and like my accident, I've never been back. Oh wow. Yeah. I've never been Ever back. Again. I don't. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've, I'm on, I don't know if I've try it. I've been getting talked to recently about, I should go try and shoot it. I'm not, I have no interest, dude. Yeah. My wife's been shooting guns her whole life. She, she's licensed. She can't, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's cool from a competitive nature to know how to like shoot good. You just hope you never have to use it. Did you shoot machine guns before too? I haven't. Me either, dude. That would be crazy, yeah. But just your regular guns, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there there something that you you listen to or you're into that the listeners would be shocked that Travis Barker is into something like this? I think at this point, no, because you're pretty open about all your uh, influences. Yeah, I listen to a ton of Miles Davis a ton of John Coltrane, um, just jazz. I'll even wow. like wake up sometimes and just look up like Japanese jazz, whatever, anything, sad jazz. Sad jazz is actually pretty fire on you, on YouTube if you look up okay, sad, jazz. sad jazz. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, I listen to everything, but I usually start off my mornings like that or I'll listen to, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I love oh, wow. Tim Grover, like Relentless. Okay. That book changed my life. I think... One of I've also discovered one of the reasons I don't sleep is because, like after shows, I'm up going like, yeah, can you do it again? Can mm. you do it again and again and again? Can you do it better? And I'm that's. Are you a harsh critic of yourself? I'm I'm just like. Even like if I play the Grammys or I do something that to some yeah. people they would go celebrate, I'm not celebrating. I'm not looking for a pat on Are the you back. Taking yourself all night? No, nah, I'm just already looking towards running towards the next thing wow you moved okay yeah but i i'm not wow i kind of figured it out i talked to him a few times too and he's like he said something interesting he's like some people in order to get on stage they have to put a mask on to get on stage yes you're taking your mask off when you go on stage Mm. that's who you really are and then you're putting it back on when you get off stage because i suddenly am kind of like not myself when I'm not on stage. You're you pretty know? chill in the cut kind of guy. Like, yeah. I don't want to say shy, but you're very like... Like I don't have to have a drink. I don't have to get like hammered to get up on stage. I'm like running. Do you running, get nervous going running. on stage still? I do. Like a good kind of... Like I like, like butterflies? Like a... Like? I care nervous. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll like run in the day. I'll practice multiple hours. I mean, you've seen me, you've been at shows. You asked me about doing the plunge before you played too or after you had the other yeah. backstage. That was awesome. I'll Game always, changer. yeah, I, I still, yeah, I care so much about. Yeah, you because you warm up for at least me. like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'll play like throughout the day. I'll like learn something new or like lead with my left hand or like. Change it up. Yeah, try doing whatever. Just like constantly evolving, I think is like so important to me. I feel I can't get bored. I, yeah. I figured out when I was really young, I think my dad had said something to me, but I'm like, you can never be bored. You could always, like, you could do push-ups. You could read. You could listen to an audiobook, You could practice. You could help somebody. There's a million things you could do. So I've just never believed in, believed in boredom. Yeah. I love that. But, yeah. Always pushing yourself and staying creative and learning stuff. Yeah. I think my challenge is, like, figuring out like on days off on tour i like to practice i don't like taking days off it's just it's like learning to now like i, I just started meditating i was gonna ask you what relaxes you 
I just started meditating. <laughs> like one of my mentors, Ron Perry, who he's like the president of Columbia Records. Great, oh, wow. great guy. Like I got him into breath work. I feel like he's like how you and I are, like help each other, like yeah. give each other like things to like make make each other better. Essential was greens, but they weren't working for you. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, he told me about meditating and I go on and I do this like Zoom and it it's it's helped Helpful. me. It's helped me, yeah. To calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see you just chilling like for like 40 minutes on the couch. Nah, that sounds sounds <laughs> awful and amazing. And then what about your phone? Do you ever check how many hours you spend on that shit? Do you try to put the phone down ever? I try to, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it, it is so hard. Because everything you're doing is on there. You're promoting everything. It's so hard. It feels dude. so good when you do it. It does. When you just show up <sighs> to the beach. That's why like running is out of... Yeah, no, it's hard, dude. Yeah, running, I do it, which is beautiful, and then flights. Sometimes I won't get get the Wi-Fi internet. Yeah, and I'm just but it's really content. Yeah, though. Yeah, it's tough, and then and then I'm kind of forced to like right now. I'll go on a European tour. Yeah, if my kids don't go, I'll have my phone on twenty four seven just in case you know anything. My wife will be home. What about Barker Wellness? How's that going? Barker Wellness. Thank you for sending me some of that stuff. Of course. You're I was welcome. like, is this straight edge? Because it's like, has what it's, but it is, yeah. It is. So it's all CBD, CBN. We are coming out with flower products for people who love THC, but it's vegan, gluten-free, toxic-free, cruelty-free. I'm down for that. Which is, yeah, which is different. It's kind of hard to find, okay. you know? Um, but yeah, it just started, it started because I had tried Geminal Neuralgia. I had a few episodes of it. It's called the suicide disease. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but all no. of your nerves in your face fire off at the same time. A lot of people mistake it for 10 to 20 cavities in their mouth. Damn. It's the worst that feeling painful. ever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was using like CBD to kind of tame it because I didn't, I, I'm not a big fan of medication after becoming sober. Okay. Um, you just get worried about triggering or something? Or? I, I just don't okay. like it. I, if I don't have to take it, I won't. Gabapentin's pretty strong. You know what I don't like is it makes you tired and yeah. kind of drags. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not my favorite. So, yeah, I, I started to figure out like a lot of product that I was using for recovery. Magnesium, salt bath, CBD nice. for recovery, sleep, maintenance, um, lotion, clean lotions, clean cleanser for your face and 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 face masks oh yeah so yeah. just put everything into making cruelty free clean products I love that. which are they're hard to find and what do you make that's it made in america mm-hmm. awesome that's awesome yeah so that's going good yeah we're we're developing a tattoo cream right now it's like your your glide for when you're tattooing also your uh your um tattoo cream like for a and d or whatever for healing we have a bunch of tattoo stuff coming out and we have flour like we have pre-rolls and we have gummies and stuff which awesome yeah once in a while have a gummy if it's like a long flight and i just need to like chill you out chill yeah i don't smoke anymore um what about like um you see the people getting put to sleep getting tattooed now it's wild I don't know what to say because it's like I like the experience, I like the smell, I like the sound of the machine, I like the pain for some reason. But like full back pieces when you're unconscious, how Tiger got it or somebody else, and you wake up and you have a whole back piece. It's crazy. It's so interesting, man. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I love the combo. Yeah, I have with my tattoo artists are hanging. Like yeah, I couldn't imagine 
It's the next level, bro. Going and getting tattooed by Mark Mahoney and going to sleep <laughs> and missing bro. that gem Dude, of a conversation voice. you would have or with Cartoon or or Chewy or anybody. Scott Campbell, like, I want to be awake for all those. And I think it's part of earning it is like earning sitting it. through it. You know, I think like... And it shows like maybe it's about the culture and how like people just like, I want to get it right now. I have to get the whole thing right now. Like the process of it. We've been through the whole process of it before the numbing creams and uh, the, the plastic you put on your test. We use A&D ointment and all like the bacitracins and the greasy oils on our bodies. But this is different now. People want things fast and they don't have patience for it or time. So... You get knocked out, they put you unconscious, and you freaking wake up, and you have a whole back piece. But that yeah. still hurts. It's got to hurt. Yeah, I have a friend who's a dentist that... That's your dude with the I, like, I've like help, I've, I help him with, with, with certain things, or help like you know guide certain people with artists or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's hard not to be a hater, just because I've I, of how I did it, you know. Yeah. But I I also it's understand. I'm like, oh, just some people are like, I'm not. I don't want to deal with all that. It's just like us too. It's like but people getting face tattooed like, first. It's like, yo, we we came up, we toured in a van, we slept on people's couches. They're like, I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> They're like, why would I do that? You know. But we're like, well, we did that. You know. We sound like so, old dudes. I know, I know. So it's like it's hard for me, and I gotta stop myself. But I'm like for anyone that goes and gets put to sleep to get tattooed also just get tattooed sometimes chop it up with your tattoo artist be awake for it be it's present experience. yeah be present it's an experience it's awesome um you were trying yeah. to talk to yeah like the kids getting their faces and the hands done first that was like a big trend before they get sleeved the warp to the warp to a bodysuit they called it yeah like my son he, oh, he tricked he tricked me for so long like he came home and he was always running these fake tattoos. Does he have fake on his face at all? So no? yeah, so he kept telling me it was fake. Like the one day, I was like, oh. I said, well, "What's on your face?" And he's like, "Oh, it's fake, Dad." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I really believed him because he would walk around with huge neck. Pe- I mean, I you've seen that. you've seen Landon since he was a kid. He'd yes. be on stage with <laughs> rancid playing guitar, and he has neck tats and face tats or Blink or whoever. Dude, such great birthday parties growing up at your house. Yeah, little pump pulling up. These different versions of like. He had the Sid Vicious vibe with the cake and this all the different yeah. versions of him. It's crazy. So so cool. He basically trolled me for a few months, <laughs> and one day I'm like, "Why are you still wearing that face tattoo? Like, is how it? is it still on it? It's like a, like a small like kind of cross like star thing." And I finally got it out of him and like figured out he was lying to me and he actually got his face tattooed. Were you bugging but kind of? I was. I, I mean, all like he's well, not. Really can't he, say much. Though. He's nineteen now. Yeah. Okay. All I could say is like, please get more in your arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like any any time I can guide you, let me know. Or like if you want any of the boys to tattoo you, I, I you have I'm access to, get to every tattoo, tattoo artist yeah. in the world. Yeah, I think it's like a. I'm sure Max is the same way. As much as we could guide them, they're like, nah, it's my thing. It's, yeah. This is something I, I, I did. I would get hand poked in high school, and I was like, dude, you can't. Everybody's doing the back of the classroom. I was like, please don't. Please don't get it for your first tattoo, bro. Yeah. I haven't lost Bama yet. Bama has. No tats? A, no, she has a few tattoos, but she's always like, dad, can we get Chewy to do it? Can we go visit Dr. Wu? How old is she like, now? Yeah, 17. So that was that's un, so under eighteen. You have to say it's okay to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, she's she listens wow. to me, and I love that. Um, Landon is you know he's a wild man, but um, but we can't say much about tattoos. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, we can't. Cause and they're look both at us. Mu- they're both doing music now too. Yeah, 
That's awesome. That's amazing too, man. Yeah, they're both. It's so crazy musicians. how fast they grew up because we've known each other for so long, and our kids were like, I got pictures of little kids together, like at the Roxy show, or whatever. And then now they're just like driving. Mac, Max tatted. is the drummer of H two O. I know. It's and then, crazy. Then it's opened up for you on the Blink tour. Yeah. It's so crazy, but th- and also thank you also for always being there for Max since he was a kid playing drums and just t- showing him things and giving him parts of drums and his cow- just all that stuff. He'd be really supportive of Max. Of course, man. man. I I'll, I'll always will be. It's really crazy, man. Like you pulling up the other day and playing with us, and then Max jumps back on and plays and. Yeah, it was. It awesome. was like a brand new band with him. I just can't explain it, dude. You guys really are. It sounds so good. There's like a new energy. Yeah, like it's just a new young energy. energy. He's just passionate about it and just never stopped playing, man. Plays every day in the garage and. I love that. It's really cool, man. It's crazy. It's Our best. kids have grown up and are they? They're both at home still. Yeah, yeah. Landon's at home. He's he's Max spe- too. he's about half of the time at his girlfriend's. Okay. Alabama's always in the studio. Like Alabama just. Decided to deal with ATL Jacob. So, yeah, she's like, she, I, I do the day shifts now at the studio and she's in the night shift. Wow, dude. It's crazy. So, do you help her at all or she does that do your own thing? Not Alabama's really self sufficient. They both are. Like, you know, if Landon needs me for something, I'm there. Bama needs me for something. Or if they want to, like, lock in at my studio instead of driving somewhere else, they're free to use it. But they're both pretty independent. And it seems like the, your uh, Courtney's family and your family, you guys are really tight, and it's just like yeah, it meshed really well, and it's it's awesome, and to see that massive family now. It's you. I have seven kids. When <laughs> when Rocky's born, I'm gonna be a father of seven. Ooh, this, is, is it safe to say is your last kid or no? Um, you're still young. What are you? Forty five. Forty seven. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the last one. I think okay. whatever God gives me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though, man. It's like a whole new chapter for you, man. It's just It's insane. You know how they, they make you younger? Yeah. Like I can't imagine how young I'm gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when Rocky's ten, I'm still gonna be pretty young or like I don't know. My kids have really kept me young and Of course, same with me. It's And like, doing what we love keeps you young. We're very lucky yeah. that we love, dude. We're big kids, dude. We're basically big kids. Yeah. When they say like never grow up, that's the best advice you we really ever. listened to yeah. those lyrics yeah like we actually didn't grow up yeah we didn't have to we were so blessed to like play music and i know we have responsibilities cool we things. have mortgages we have children we have all that stuff but then in reality you just go play with your friends your best friends on stage and travel the world with them and make music and it's fucking it's incredible dude yeah i mean you guys have been doing it for over 30 years yeah it's pretty amazing we're gonna be 30 it's... years that my band this year but yeah it's just like it's a blessing man yeah well, fuck. Thank you for being there. I, mean, I know we talked about this for like four years. Uh, the Liquid Death commercial we did, well, that was super fun. My acting so debut, fun. my first and last acting <laughs> debut. Um, do you have any, you have, you have like uh, top five MCs? Mm. Are you more of a West Coast hip hop guy? Or I you mean, East Coast, right? I would say Wayne. Wow, okay. You're like the second person ever to say Wayne on this pod in top five. Wow. And you Crazy. worked with him too, and you know him, and it's just like. Yeah. But he does get he does get pushed down those lists a lot. I see that he's so lyrical and so good That's and just amazing. yeah. So he's in your top five. Yeah. What you got in there? Mm. East Coast cats. Like Jay. Jay Z. Yeah, great. Okay, Jay um, Weezy. Biggie. Biggie. Mm. Mm. But then it's hard. Like KRS One is also yes. By the way, when I used to be on boats, I would always see KRS One. Really? Yeah, we were on like a. Why was he on a boat? He doesn't fly. 
Did not know that. Yeah, we were on Queen Mary 2 together, and then he was telling me... What? He's like, hey, yo, have you been to Australia? And I'm like, well, back in the day when I used to fly, he's like, nah, bro, I'm getting on a cargo ship with me and my family. We're going to be the only people on there with what? the cargo to go to Australia. Let me know if you want to go. I'm like, hell no. Like, Holy he, he I know he didn't fly. Yeah, he doesn't fly. Any traumatic incident like you had? Nothing. Just doesn't wow. like to fly. Child Karis, when I saw him perform yeah. like a month ago at Coogee Rap in Orange County, and it was he's like 55 years old, it was incredible, man. Yeah. My philosophy, oh my God. So, so good. So Karis one's yeah, in the top. I grew, well, I mean, he, he was just be. like, he's someone that I like grew up on, I was raised on, but like obviously Killer Mike, like Run the Jewels. Yes. Like, that's New record's incredible, Killer Mike. So record. good, yeah. I'm psyched to see them play out here soon. I saw Killer Mike recently play out here, it was awesome. Like the Beastie Boys. Of course. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to Wu think Tang. of, yeah, Wu-Tang, it's hard, like, Meth was obviously, incredible. Ghostface, like, there's so many great people. Tribe, De La, Mob Deep, yep. Gangstar, Farside, Farside, what about West Coast, Ice Cube, all those Ice yeah. Cube solo records were incredible. Yeah, Ice Cypress. Cube, Cypress, of course, like, was raised on them, um, <sighs> I even, like, Everlast, like, me too. his his solo albums were so good, like, great. I loved those. Shout out to Everlast, um, yeah, those records are great, so many. Yeah, I mean, the game was so yeah, good. Man. Dre was so good. Love the game. And you played the remix with him, One Blood, mm -hmm. I think, was it? Yep. Oh, so much shit. E-40. E-40? Like, all everything from the Bay. Like, Be Legit. All that stuff. I love the Bay. Like, I love the whole hyphy movement. Are you listening to new hip-hop? Because I'm listening to new Travis Scott record. I think I talked to you about it. Just the beats, everything about it, man. I love running to it. Like, I heard people that kind of weird about it. They're saying it's like, the, it's like Kanye's kind of... Uh, whatever that record was called, it was called Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Like, it, it feels. You're saying like, it's kind of the beats like that. Yeah, I mean, I it, like you it. could hear, yay, all over it. Um, but I, I love it. I think the production is so, like, just fresh and like modern. I like when bands. Do, I like when artists do different things and they yeah. change it up. Not the same record. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of good like NBA YoungBoy, great. Um, I just did something with them. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Is there artists you haven't worked with yet you love to work with? Um, you worked with a lot of people. I mean, like man. Dirk. I mean, I know they beef. I love them both. Dirk just like said my name in like a song the other day. Oh, I, wow. I love Dirk. Like, and I love all. Yeah, you music. get a lot of name drops. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's so pretty Dirk cool. Did? Yeah, I love Dirk. I think like, I don't know. I I love I love so much rap music. It's like G Erbo, Twenty One, great. Um, I just saw Drake in Twenty One last week. It was incredible. Was man. it? My son loves 21. It was, it was a great show, 21's man. so good. He's sick. His style is kind of just so mellow on stage. Yeah. Like after Drake's up, they come and they do songs together. But yeah, the crowd goes crazy for him. He almost underperforms, yes. which, which you're like, okay. Like, you know. But the whole crowd's singing his yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say that because, yeah, he's just very just slow and just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. My son turned me on to him. Suicide Obviously, Boys. Yachty. Which one? Suicide Boys. So, okay. You should listen to them if you have I need to check that out. I did like an EP with them and they have, I mean, Suicide Boys have this whole movement. Like I heard that. Talk about a cult following. And they're they're always they're always way ahead of everyone. Like they have the Grey Day tour. Like they took out Turnstile. They've I was taken out say like that, yeah. Trash Talk, uh, Zilla Kami, like City Morgue, Love Zilla. Um, they're just always ahead. And they're like cool. Like also Ruby grew up on punk rock music. Okay. One of the guys but the artist you with the other day he did, he did a song where you look like one of the Ramones. Dude, that was incredible. You were in the wig the Who, other Tom day. Who, Tom Tom? No, the thing you just posted that you were in a wig. Oh, yeah. That was great. 
Oh, yeah. He looks so like Marky like, Ramone. So it might be out by then. So I had this idea. We have a song called Dance With Me. Uh, it's one of the first singles on the Blink album. So that's what that was for, Blink? Yeah. Oh, so I was sitting guys. there and I was like... Um, Dude, it's so good. I was like, what? we were, I, I was on like a creative call on tour on a Zoom and everyone's like coming up with ideas for the video and nothing is like hitting. And then I hung up with Ron Perry. And then as I'm hanging up the phone, I'm like... We should be the fucking Ramones. Like, we should pay tribute to one of the most important punk bands in the so world. So good. And be the Ramones, but like in a first date kind of feeling video with the Malloy brothers. And I pitched it to everyone and they loved it. Dude. So, yeah, we were the Ramones. Just your facial so expression. Cool. Everything about him, like, that is like. It was so fun. I didn't take my wig off all day. I was staying in <laughs> character. In character. I, was, I was so happy and content. I could just be like this all the time. Would you ever want to do acting? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you acted in videos. I've done, I've done a couple things when they've asked me to, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it unless I was very, very passionate about it. Yeah. I hate when people sort of like play music because they can or act because they can. I'd yeah. want to be like, I'd want to be at a point in my life where like all I care about is acting. I want to be the best actor like I can do be. With drums. Yeah. Like I'd really want to, I just really, I'd want to serve a purpose and kill it. Did you ever yeah. want to quit drums? Um, but yeah, I mean, for skating when I was little. Yeah, but anything after that, no. Mm-mm, nothing. You can't quit it. Yeah, it's just, it's part of you, man. Yeah, I'll play till I'm dead. I believe that. Yeah, even if it's like in a smoky jazz club and <laughs> for nobody, you know? Uh, yeah. That it's, I'd do it, I'd do it for for me, yeah. you know? What was the, what's the, what's the biggest what's the biggest inspiration for Blink being back at this moment? Like, what made it happen, you think? Well... The time apart, obviously. It's kind of like... When I when I sat around writing songs for this album, one of the things I thought about was, why does it have to take one of us almost dying for us to get back together? Yes. And that's what the single One More Time is about. Okay. And um, that, ironically, was the thing, you know, when Mark got sick this time around, was the thing that got us back together. That yeah. We just all happened to be in the same room visiting Mark, and then... I was always in touch with Tom. I was always in touch with Mark, but Mark and Tom weren't talking. And then it was yeah. like, anytime something like this happens, everyone's like, dude, we got to play music. What are we doing here? But I'm like, why does it take one of us almost dying? Because you were you in Plus this? 44 and Boxcar Racer. And that was, that was interesting to me. I'm like, okay, I know these, these two are definitely talking. He's talking to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, timing, I, I wrote man. about that twice on this album. Okay. Yeah. That's the timing, right? Yeah. Fuck. Well, it's beautiful to see, man. I'm excited to get to see a couple, two of those shows and Turnstile out there playing to new audiences. That was awesome to see, yeah, too. And they killed it. Just I feel like you guys are bigger than you ever been. I'm sure you played bigger venues than you had before in the past, and we talked about that, but I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. It's like a, like a rebirth. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful time for like the band. It's, it's Everyone's having like a great time, and I don't know. It just feels it's the best it's ever been. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for being here, man. I mean, I appreciate yeah. your time. We talked about this for four freaking years. We did it. We're chilling. Yeah, no, um, thank you for having me, Of Toby. course. We covered everything here. I gave you your flowers. I appreciate everything you've done in music and uh, with my family, with my nonprofit, with everything, and always being supportive. And yeah, man, I really love having you in my life and appreciate it as a friend. I'm happy for everything that's going on with your life. And uh, I don't know. You're, 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 a, fucking, you're a warrior. You're a survivor. It's thank awesome you. to see you thriving and fucking it's awesome, dude. Thank you, Toby. And you're coming I'm, out. You're hanging out, going to shows. I'm like, I'm stoked for your platform and and you having these conversations with people. It's awesome. 
Yeah, it's I think cool. I talked yeah. the longest you've ever talked in your whole career, and I'm honored to have that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. <laughs> um, this is your, this your last podcast ever. Yeah. Um, but the record's coming out, so hopefully this year. We're October thinking. 20th. October 20th. Yep. And the next single's coming out when? September 19th. Okay. Awesome. And I just saw you got that new GB tat. That's awesome. So you're, yeah. still, you're still getting tatted. Yep. Yep. I'm it gets, still it gets a little painful as we get older, but. I just need to find time to heal or I'd get tattooed every I day. I just now, don't like not sweating. Because we talked about cold getting, punching. you said cold plunging and sauna. <laughs> That's the only thing I can't do it either. It sucks. Yeah, it's so or if annoying. I get lasered, I can't do it for like seven days. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Does Courtney do the plunge too? Yeah, we only got in, maybe, we only had the cold plunge for a few weeks before she yeah. got pregnant, so then, yeah. My wife doesn't like it so much. No, Court's like, <laughs> it feels like, uh, she always says like, wherever, like, she said like her ass felt like it was going to fall off, like it hurts so bad in her toes, you know? Some people come For me, plunge. it's my hands, like I have to immediately take my hands out, maybe like a minute in, or yeah. it feels like they're going to fall off. Some people come in, they put their feet out, out and the hands out. They can't do that. It's interesting how it affects people differently. Yeah. How long people can stay in, they would never expect. Yeah. Like Freddie Mabel killed that show. I was like, I know you would kill it. Did he? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like four or five minutes. And they got their friends who just jump around. I'm like, that guy, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shocking. It's like, you keep yours at 39? Yeah. Yeah. It's I see people cold. doing 50. I'm like, nah, dude. Yeah. I think I could I could easily it's easy. get like four or five minutes in 50. You but. do coach hours too? Mm-hmm. And so ideally, would you be wake up, you have a matcha, you do the cold plunge, you exercise, you play drums. Yeah. That's and, a good day and, life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like work out. Yeah. I usually wake up, have have as much water as I can drink, have a matcha, work out, um, have a smoothie, and then I'm off to the All races day. until... And you just go to, you can't stop. Yeah. So I'm falling He's going to get eight hours of sleep for you. That's, that's our goal. That's yep. my takeaway for this. That's, Hopefully the blood test will come back. And That's my uh, that's my goal right now. We know now. that you're human after this podcast. Yeah. Because to me, you're like a, a machine, bro. It's like you're like nonstop, dude. Yeah. But you're a human. Yep. With feelings and you need sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Trav, for being uh, here. Thanks for listeners. We of course. Are thank you. We're back in the pod real quick. Um, um, Travis hit me from London. Um, how was your flight? It was good. It was, uh, it was, it's kind of hard for me to get on the international flights. Not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I just like zone out and I, and I, you know, it's hard to sleep. Like, I, I don't sleep on flights. I know you don't sleep on flights either. Um, yeah, I, I think like the, the, I thought it was 11 hours. It was only nine and a half hours. That's not bad. bad yeah, I think like I get I, I really psych myself out before before big flights like that that are that are overseas, especially if I'm not flying with my my family or my wife. So yeah, just yeah, I just was like strong and was like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and it's just like knocking down those things you're afraid of. Are, are you watching? Are, are you watching movies on there and shit? Or are you just zoning out? You know what I did is I I downloaded some kind of monster that Metallica documentary. Sick. I haven't watched it in so long, and for some reason, like my wife and I started watching it the other day when we were doing like cardio, and I I got hooked again. So I I I downloaded that and the Rick Rubin book, and, nice, and also that new Adam Sandler movie. Oh, what's that one? I have to look that one up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like his his daughter's in it; she acts in it. So I I watched those and and um, 
apparently like the it was a really bumpy ride because like we were, there was like a, a hurricane or some kind of storm but oh shit but it was it was cool it was like it, it was it was a piece of cake i'm glad you made it there man and it's like you're kind of your first time flying to europe as being in blink in many many years like for a tour yeah i haven't flown for work i think that's yeah, what it was yeah yeah it, yeah it was like last time i flew for work and it was like during my accident or whatever and so like this is the first time to fly for work. Fuck, and you're still yeah, awake. You're still awake too. You went to the gym twice. Like it's it's hard like to like yeah. get get off that schedule because you're like nine hours ahead. Yeah, I'm staying at this cool place outside of London. It's like an hour and a half, and it's um, it's like a big farmhouse, and you can ride bikes everywhere. Oh, I saw you doing it early. I was like, where the fuck is he? That's crazy. Yeah, it's so it's it's a really good way to start start off the tour. That's awesome. Um, the one thing we talked in the pod, we mentioned briefly on the uh, episode was like your breath work, and I think it was with Lucas Mack. And um, I know I know you. I seen you post videos of that. I know some friends know that same person, and that that's definitely helped you as far as flying too, right? Yeah, I find any time I I probably could have tapped in and did it right before I left for this, but yeah, I feel like kind of gets gets all the anxiety out of you, gets any 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 anything that's really like troubling me or yeah i'm like ruminate, ruminating on like in my head i found like it, it really helps and it, and it's also i've i've like tapped into to people i've lost i've like mm. connected with my mom who passed away when wow. i was like 13 through breath work I, I connected with dj am little chris like through through the breath work yeah dang so that's it. So that's it. Yeah, I've never tried. I really want to try it, but I thought that definitely probably helped you with flying as well. Yeah. Toby, it'll be the first time you will feel high in your whole entire life. Like more than the cold you plunge? Literally, <laughs> you literally feel high. Like, okay. Yeah. Like it's, it's insane. It's like the coolest feeling when it's over with and you have like this weight lifted off your shoulders and you cry too. I want to cry too. I just want to get it out, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know if I shared with you, but when I did it, I, I was kind of skeptical of doing it because I didn't really want to be vulnerable and I didn't yeah. really know Luke yet. And I had this sort of closed off approach to it. And then once we started it, I had no choice. Like my body just reacted. Damn. I, was, I didn't even know I was crying at the time. I woke up and my face was wet and there was tears. It was, it was pretty special. Yeah, everything I heard and read about, just not just with that guy in Germany, the experience in Germany is very like elevating. I can't, I can't describe it too. I've just what I read about. I definitely want to try it though. I think it'd be really, really good for me. Um, and you've definitely, you've definitely done therapy throughout your life too for everything as well, right? Besides yeah, that kind of breathing I, shit. I did post traumatic in in the hospital in the burn center. Yeah, and I also was also just doing therapy. Um, like with Adam Goldstein, like DJ AM. Oh, okay. When I first sobered up, and yeah. um, I still prep, like I still do therapy. Yeah, me too. I just started day. doing it first time in my fifties. Like I've never had it. Like nobody in my family has ever done it. None of my brothers never done it. Just kind of some closure from my dad passing at a young age, and just kind of like rip, pulling back the layers and shit like that. It's really interesting. It's kind yeah. of it's scary. I, it's scary too, but yeah. It's scary, but the I I couldn't imagine life without it. Yeah, like yeah yeah I swear by it. I love that. 
Uh, one, one thing we didn't mention on the pod too is like, well, I know I know we didn't talk about any of your drummer inspirations, but I know the animal from the Muppets is one of your favorite inspirations growing up as a drummer. Yeah, <laughs> from the early age, animal, right? Animal was the reason I picked up drums because wow, the connection of watching cartoons and seeing animal play drums equaled me grabbing pots and pans and wooden spoons and playing drums. That's that's what started. That's what set it all off. And that's then, amazing, dude. Yeah, then obviously, like, grew up listening to my mom loved the Beatles. Grew up listening to like Ringo Starr. Yeah, she loved loved the Police. Uh, oh, that's sick. Yeah, my dad Great listened band. to every like everything from like Buddy Rich and Louis Belson to to country, and I listened to all that. I kind of had all my parents' influences. Like Phil Collins was huge to me when he's I was. He's sick too. Uh, he's a great kid. drummer too, man. Yeah, he's a legend. It's crazy. Nobody talks about him as a drummer. And he's singing, and his bands are all phenomenal too. But like just drumming in general. It's I mean, awesome. I think he has. He's responsible for the most popular drum fill ever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> you I, know? I, the, the hangover and Tyson made that shit even bigger. I, I believe for sure. Yeah. Um. This is a Chappelle Lazy nerd question. Um, who came up with the name? What does plus 44 mean? Plus 44 was right after, you know, it kind of went like this. Like boxcar transplants happened at the same time. Yep. We got together. We did the self-titled album. Yep. Right after self-titled album, I believe. I don't, I don't know if I remember everything that happened right in my dysfunctional band. But like <laughs> right about then is when everyone like kind of like went their separate ways and mark and i did plus 44 and tom did angels and and plus 44 was really i think london and that country code had a had a lot of oh yeah on me Uh. at the time yeah because he had a crib because he lived out there for a minute that's right yeah he lived out there i had just went through like a breakup and i was like seeing someone out here i don't know plus 44 i just like it was it it was just a vibe right then wow and also yeah. uh, also we didn't talk either real quick just our love for true romance like we both love that movie we bonded about that movie on the box Carissa tour we got those tats at jinx proof and just your daughter's name is alabama and just how perfect that movie is and um i don't know i just i know how much you love that too yeah it's the most perfect written love story ever agreed and yeah, I named I named my daughter Alabama after Alabama, and my one of my aliases is Clarence Worley. <laughs> That's hard. So like, is that the name? When I pull up, when I get a coffee, even if they know who I am, they're like, "What is the name?" I'm like Clarence. <laughs> That's fucking. So at the hotel right now, you're you're booked in Clarence, probably. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, of course, and and I think Clarence too, Beastie Boys. Uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, Mike D always referenced Clarence. You're right. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And what about and what about your um Cadillac collection? You had a massive Cadillac collection too at one point. Do you still have a lot of Cadillacs? Uh, it's actually I don't own one. I have one. I have an Escalade right now, but oh, shit. I I got rid of all of my old cars. Wow. And I, I was going through a process of selling a building and buying a new building, which that became makes sense. The building. That my studio was at, yeah, it's and a I didn't have studio. a garage yet. Okay. So now I'm building a garage, so I have a garage door. And right now I have a Buick GNX, I have a K10 Chevy truck, I have a 72 K5 truck, 
and wow i'm 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 on the hunt i i just want i really just want two more cars i want a 1966 cadillac convertible eldorado and i want 1959 ragtop impala that's sick that's all I want. I kind of felt as if the cars that I had spent so much time with, because I had a, I had a fleet of sixteen cars that I had. I remember, man, the famous for, spot. Yeah, yeah, for almost twenty years. So I had my memories with them, and I had the best memories with them. And at that time, I was, it was about like letting things go, moving on. I like and, that. Yeah, that's awesome. So now it's like kind of like, kind of starting over, but not going to, not having quality over quantity exactly it's that kind of, it's good it's good like just getting rid of stuff you know and just that kind of resetting um i wanted to give you props too as like a, as like a dad as a parent you're like you're like one of the hard, hardest working friends that i have you know also your incredible dad uh even with like atiana and just just your whole family and like i remember used to drive from calabasas to take your kid to school past my house maybe in culver city always driving the kids and always being a hands-on dad and balancing your career with being a dad and uh i just want to give you your flowers for that too as well um it's well, really it's, it's, it's really it's really inspiring man and i know that you, we yeah. talked on the pod about your dad kind of be military kind of strict kind of had his rules I, I just do you feel like as as a parent that you're you're not you're the opposite of that because you want to have give them something different because i feel like for me not growing up with a dad, I really have nothing to base it on. And I feel like Max is one of my best friends. And also you have, you have to separate the friendship with your kids as being a, a, a parent and having rules and having boundaries. But me and you are kind of big kids still. So just that balance in that, like as a parent, do you feel like you're a little less lenient? Yeah, I, it was an interesting dynamic. My mom was like the most loving, most nurturing I knew my dad loved me, but he was there to also guide me and put me in place. Yeah. And, yeah. and teach me the hard lessons. Like, I think he wanted to teach me instead of life teaching me. Yeah. And um, I'm very thankful for that. And I, I just, I remember at a young age, like after I lost my mom at 13, I just, I never even had to think about it. The minute I found out I was going to be a dad, I was running six miles a day. I was, like Damn. joined my first boxing class like uh, it training for that my shit. life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was, like training because i was like <laughs> oh my gosh i have this other human being that i'm responsible for and i yeah. need to like i need to be strong for them and i need to protect them and i need to whatever everything and then um being a parent has been that's my greatest role i i play in this world or in life like mm-hmm. i love children um, being a role model and shit like, yeah yeah like my my kids are uh, my everything like i i i take so much pride in being a father and i have the best kids and you know even i i mean actually my kids too like they they have like a a big connection to a lot of other things that i do with kids like mm-hmm. i met alex who was a drummer i met in phoenix um through my daughter alabama and he his wish was to meet me so i hung out with him in phoenix oh that's cool and, yeah and I, I ended up like spending you know the day with him and and ended up like staying in communication with him and about a month ago he passed away i know i saw but, you post about that i mean i'm sorry i mean that was I saw it was that. so hard for me I've, I've had a few of those yeah and i'm always hoping for a different outcome but like those things that come like alabama's like you gotta meet this kid alex he's dying to meet your dad and 
and I just met him online. And oh. I don't know, those connections mean so much to me. And yeah, and just dude, kids in general, like the youth, like giving back, like anything I can do to my own kids, to my friends' kids, to kids in general. Like I, that that's, I I feel so good, and I feel like that that's what I should be doing. Like I, I don't love really, that care about anything else you know no i love that man even the way you treat my son man i really appreciate it i'm lucky because i got to play with three of my favorite drummers i got to play with you mackie and max my top three favorite oh, drummers that's amazing i'm honored um and i also, love that and also you were saying earlier in the pod too about manifesting the plane thing it's like that's what pma is uh what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve and you manifested you might have manifested that but you also manifested you know, surviving and, and you're here for a reason and to inspire and you are a positive role model for me and many, many people. So you definitely got that PMA, man. And you know that too anyway. Oh, thank you. No, I, I remind myself all the time. Yeah, it's dude. It's like, I still have yet to get that tattooed on me. We're going to do it, man. I want to tattoo it on you, bro. Let's go. Um, yeah, also, also for the listeners, we had a band that was recorded, actually recorded music with Travis once, but no vocals. One song, Friends of Animals. It was me, <laughs> Travis, oh, that's right. Tony Canal, and Moby. I don't know when we freaking did this, how many years ago. We recorded once. We jammed out one day and recorded songs. It's never seen the light of day. Maybe it should, though. That'd be kind of sick. Yeah, that would be awesome. Do you have it? No man, some I can probably move. I gotta find. I gotta. I gotta find you who has I'd that probably, shit. I probably have it on like a hard drive somewhere. I need to look for it when I get home. It was such a dope name too, and just like everything about it. But who knows? Um, yeah. Well, I know you. I know you got to go to bed. I know you're in London. The final question is, what kind of clone you wear? Because our kitchen smelled like you for a couple of days, and Max was like it smells like Travis in here. And every time I see you or hug, you always smell good. So, is there a secret to your smell, or is there a certain cologne that you can't promote? Or okay, it's right here. Hold on. <laughs> I know, I know I have. That was a Max question. He's like, yo, it smells like Travis in my kitchen. That's so funny. Um, what it, is. it is Baccarat. What the fuck is that? You don't even know what it is or called? Francis Kerjohn. Ker yeah. That's what you wear. Um, okay. Yeah, I love it. I'll send you a picture of it. I haven't heard of that shit in my life. It's so funny, too. It's like to top it off. It, it's what I wear. It's yeah. what Alabama wears. It's what Landon wears as well. All right, sick. Also, I realize we have we got GB matching tats and True Manstead matching tats. So we got to do the fucking PMA ones or something when you get back. And also shout out to yep. shout out to Green Table who who gave us the matcha uh, the matcha latte fucking smoothies for this podcast. He was so psyched to meet you and come into the spot. And um, that was the best matcha smoothie I've ever had. Oh shit, it's going on record. Try to tell him. He's like, did you give me a shout out on your on your show? I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a shout out. Um, that was incredible. Well, thank you, T. Love you. Appreciate you. Have a great fucking tour out there. Um, appreciate your time. Appreciate you in my life and everything you do in music into the world. Max, you have any questions for Trav? Because he's on this pod, man. It's already asked him about his cologne. I got the cologne, Max. You just want to say hi to him? What's up, Trav? <laughs> what up, Max? Um, you have any questions for him? I already asked him everything in the whole world, but. No, nah, I hope that I hope everything's going well. He just got to Europe. Thank you, brother. Tomorrow. Hell yeah! yeah. Off the yep. pod, off the pod. All right, peace. <laughs> uh, we got the show on the pod, everybody. Um, all right, T, get some rest. All right, I'll love you, brother. Love Thank you too, you. man. I'll speak to you soon. All, all right, right, peace. Bye. What up, Toby? Yo, I love. I, I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, the exclusive podcast with Travis that we never drop because we keep having conversations. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love it. I, dude. I, I look. I love this man, but um, how are you? But what time is it there? 
Um, it's like 120, 118. And where are you in the world? Uh, I'm in Amsterdam. Nice. I love Amsterdam. Yeah, me too. And so, um, you just got a massage. I was just thinking about that too, like getting massages on tour. Like it's such a treat. You know what I mean? Like just trying to like stay healthy, stay loose. You know what I mean? All that. It's so important. Oh, it's such a blessing. Yeah. Like I try to, this hotel we're at, I was so grateful because I first trying to find a great masseuse at 11 o'clock at night, you yeah. know, is like a challenge. Um, but I've kind of got it figured out. And then, this spot has a pool, so immediately afterwards, I went down there, swam some laps, had no. a sauna, you know, just try to, like, tire myself out so I could sleep. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, like, the, the high from playing these shows, it it takes a lot for you to, like, to, like, I guess, warm down or, like, cool down, whatever it takes for you to, like, to, like, go to sleep. Yeah, it must be, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, so hyped after shows, like, um. The other day, I think I went to bed at 6.30, which was, like, brutal. I had to be up for, like, an 11 a.m. 11 flight. Damn. Um, but it could be either just, like, the energy from the show and I'm still riled up or, yo, we played four new songs tonight and, like, thinking about them or I don't know, whatever, you know, like, whatever thoughts are ruminating, keeping me up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just to shut your brain up and just try to sleep. Are you guys, um, you guys flying every day or do you have, like, a bus, too? Yeah, like the last tour I had a bus, but I only ended up being on there a couple times. So this time it's flying almost every day. I have, a, I have no bus, just on a on a plane. So how many flights is this run going to be? Dude, I've already flown, I think, seven or eight times wow. this, this run. Yeah, we flew into Amsterdam and it was so windy. And our my plane was doing like a wheelie. And it was like off to the side. I was like, please, please. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just want a, a, a safe landing. But um, yeah, man, I've been blessed with, you know, I don't know, safe travels. Yeah. So, I mean, the last time so. we spoke, you had just gotten to Europe. You barely were sleeping. Then the next day you flew back, you know, for the fam stuff. And I'm glad everything's okay with Courtney and the family. That was super stressful and scary, I'm sure. And I talked to you the next day, like, yeah, I'm actually flying home. And I'm like, what the fuck? Didn't even play a show. It was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that was um, an insane couple days. Yeah, I've, I've done, yeah, I've, I've gone to Europe three times now in like the last month. Fuck, dude. But I'm starting to figure it all out. For anyone that like struggles with sleep, I, I now like have no lights on like for the last two hours before I go to sleep. I don't turn on the TV. I don't look at my phone a few oh. hours before I go to sleep. And then I turn on ocean sounds or rain sounds and I knock out. It's like, That's and I don't, sick. yeah, and I don't like getting near my bed unless I'm sleeping. I love it. Yeah, because going, going to sleep with like the TV on or like the screens on your phone, it's so bad, man. It just overstimulates uh, your brain and stuff and it's just like even more hard to shut down. Yeah, for sure. So that's been helpful to you. Yeah. And then and last time we talked, all you guys had out was edging and now it's just like, bro, like more than you know, one more time. And now the dance with me, the Ramones homage thing, which is so fucking awesome. And then like just these three songs, bro. They're like, I'm not sure if these are some of the ones you play me when I went to the studio at the time, but like it's just, it's it, the, re the reaction I see, like I don't look at everything, but it seems like it's been super positive, man. It's been incredible. Uh, we started playing more than you know first. Wow. And yeah, that song's really 
cool and different. Yeah, like, I love it. Yeah. I started like I started like doing a couple like tweets on X, just like explaining the songs and how, like kind of like just little bits of information for people who are wondering. But um, yeah, I just read the one today. I actually have it pulled up here. The one, um, the tempo and like how, how you, do, you did it like five different times and the different drum kits and all that. Yeah, like I would we would experiment with different mics for singing and then there'd be times like more than you know it was is like really disruptive sort of because like I'm playing double bass in the chorus which is a never like I've never used double bass yeah, ever but true. in like the vein of Motorhead and Tom was like man it would be so cool if you did something with double bass and I'm like yeah because I'm not supposed to that's the best thing about it because I'm like <laughs> yeah. obviously like single bass drummer and um and I love playing single bass, but uh, yeah, that and then that 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 bridge of more than you know was really inspired by like black coffee and like like electronic music and just really when you come to a bridge, doing something different but but still suits the song. Yeah, um, yeah, that that was like really fun. And then yeah, like today I talked about like dance with me. Like I really figured out like what tempo was like the most danceable tempo. And then instead of, you know, just little things like instead of playing like a normal kind of like mid-tempo punk rock beat in the verse, like make it more dancey, think of more like dancing with myself, like Billy Idol, mm -hmm. like simplicity with, with the kicks and, and whatever else. And then, yeah, like at one point, like when we did the demo, it was the Ole Ole Ole's. And then I challenged Tom and I was like, man, try to write lyrics let's just see same melodies but see what it sounds like and then i got him in love with the lyrics and he was like that has to be the chorus and then i'm like the lays is stronger and any three-year-old child that hears it can listen to it and, <laughs> totally. and know it right away and if you play it at a show immediately the crowd knows it it's yeah. the catchiest thing it's the equivalent to nanas for us back in the day so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we ended up making like the 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 other idea for a chorus the uh, outro post chorus and just yeah cool things like that and then i ended up recording those drums five different times on five completely different drum kits that's crazy yeah you've never done and that I before would... in any songs mm, i do it all the time okay like i did it on um i did it on kenny hoopla's album i did it on she and kelly I've, okay. I did it on this Blink album so many times, but I'll sit with something and I'll think that snare's not right, or it could be way more fitting for the song if I use even a different ride symbol, like a dry ride symbol compared to a more washy crash ride symbol. Everything counts. It's like it's the equivalent of a a hollow body guitar or. Mm -hmm a Fender Strat or whatever, you know, like yeah. even there, there's so many songs that were like that. Like one more time we recorded it with several different acoustic guitars before we figured out that Taylor was the best one. So, so how anal, yeah, like, like how, how anal and um, perfectionist are you with stuff? And like, like how many, how many takes do you give it to like, okay, I've, I fixed this and I tweaked this and I did this. Okay, I, I got to stop now. It's, I could just keep going on and keep hearing something every single day in that song. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So for me, done. I'm not. I'm not really like. I, I like equipment and I have, obviously, like, 
cool drums and guitars and basses and keyboards. But for me, performance is more important than yeah. any of the sounds. And all these songs, like the performance was already there. I already knew like, yeah, I love these drum parts, but that snare isn't vibing and it doesn't fit with these guitars and this vocal and you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. So like, I don't, um, I'm never really messing around with parts so much. It's more sounds and I, and I love it. It's easy. Once I know the song, I'm like, okay, set up a new kit. Okay. Set up a new kit. Yeah. And then maybe just go back to that kit, but let's use the same snare drum. And that, that's where, where you really kind of go into, um, just finding like the sweet sound. Like one more time originally had a huge instrumental outro. Okay. And then I figured, there's so much emotion and the yeah, lyrics dude. are saying so much. Yeah. Like why, why should the instrumentation step on the song? I agree. And why, why don't, yeah. Why don't I make that like the focus of the song, just the melodies and the words that are being said, you know? Yeah. That shit's so, I mean, are you, are you singing on that song too, actually? Cause in the video you are obviously, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that song, I mean, the first time you guys played it live was just on this tour, right? Yeah, it was so special. Like you could hear we were in Italy. Wow. And as as you know, like crowds in Italy are insane. Dude, crowds in Europe are me. Yeah, man, it's amazing. Yeah, they're just like Europe goes hard. Yes. And uh, they were louder than us. Like we, they had to keep adjusting our ears all night because every song they were louder than us. Even the brand new ones, like they knew every word, and they were they're just yeah the the best crowds out here. Yeah, that song is so emotional. Like, I watched the video a bunch of times, listened to the song, got gave me goosebumps. So just just because just knowing you guys and everything you've been through, and just the lyrics are pretty much just straightforward about everything. And it's like, it's got to be a very therapeutic song to even perform. And it's just yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, that know. song makes me like emotional live. And like, I think you know a lot of different people have a lot of different ways of writing songs. Some people get in the room with a lot of writers some people have songs pitched to them yeah and when it came to you know producing this album and writing this album um i just had that epiphany it's it's it really takes something catastrophic for our band to make a album a great album with that and do a world tour yeah. it takes something awful to happen and i'm like why and instead of racking my brain thinking of all these things to write about it dawned on me we need i need to write about this because this is something that's always on my head you know yeah because it's never it's never really been addressed before let alone i mean it's been addressed before probably in some interviews and stuff but never really like i don't know just pretty like straightforward about it you know what i mean like i don't know it's yeah awesome. and i think the, the fans and the people that love the band and been with you guys forever and just know the story it's just like they really appreciate that you know what i mean you can just feel yeah, it in the song you. too yeah yeah, and I feel like they, they lived through it with us. Yes. They, wa they watched all this. Well, everything we're talking about, they're like, oh, I remember that. Like, Yeah, and I, and I love like the, the, the nod to Fagazi. This is not our album cover. For like, oh, dude, I didn't even think about okay, that. Okay, well, totally. now I just, I, just, I just said it. So, they, yeah, like. I just, I, I just we, were, we were in, where were we? We were on the first part of the European tour, and they were like, you have to turn in the album cover. And I'm like, well, we don't have it yet. Like, the album cover will be revealed right before the album drops okay with, with album dropping on dsps but because i took cool. it as fagazi this is not a fagazi t-shirt you know 
No, that's wild. I didn't even <laughs> thought of that. That makes it even cooler. Now, you know what I was inspired by? Was we were sitting there and they're like, if we don't turn in the album cover, this, this, and that. I was like, put up, this is not our album cover. Dude. And like, it's really based it's off a of number nine shirt, that, that Japanese brand. It's like okay. a clothing brand. Yeah. And they have big word shirts that say like, fuck me, I'm tired. Or, okay. um, touch me i'm sick whatever like cool cool like shirts and i'm like it should be like a number nine shirt but just this is not our album cover you know yeah and um and we ended up doing it but i love dude i love i totally took it as Vagazi. i was like yo this is this is probably travis's idea i don't know i just saw it as that because it's like dude i i love that <laughs> no yeah it was, it was like my idea because i didn't want just a happy face up there or like i wanted something people would talk about yeah so. Yeah, it, it's awesome. There'll be album cover coming out when the album comes, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wish I could just go back in time and be like, yep, Toby, I did it. <laughs> I did it based off Fugazi. And just the way that I was like, dude, is this going to be like on the album? I know, it's crazy, but yeah. Yeah, so the songs are sick. I'm stoked to hear the rest of the record. It's, um, yeah, man, it's out. What's the date it's out again? October 20th. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So this will be out after, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm really stoked. And the last time I talked to you, like, yeah, these weren't out. And just hearing these, I was like, so, so cool, man. Like, just, just to, it's like to hear the rest of it. And glad you're doing well out there. And shows are going good. And you'll be back for the, for your baby and for Halloween, your favorite holiday. That's perfect timing, you know? Yeah, I can't wait. It's awesome. Because the baby's coming supposedly on Halloween, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Halloween. It's probably the earliest i mean anything could happen because we did have um a surgery so it yeah. kind of makes it it could happen anytime but i think the earliest halloween and the latest uh first week in november it's amazing and then um also one thing i talked to you about in the last call too i was i've been writing some stuff down just like just like you're uh, uh being like an entrepreneur and and you've always been smart like in maybe buying your first house is just investing in things obviously crossroads barker wellness but you've always been pretty much smart with your stuff and investing and into stuff that you love right yeah i've really stuck to things i feel like no one taught me and yeah I was probably anyone yeah. with just like a, a high school education is like hey yeah. what do you do with your money and i just really put my money into things like i really believed in yeah um yeah smart um but yeah i maybe always been like that always like just different thing even even like yeah i think even like uh that taco spot yeah just a bunch of things i remember you being involved in you know yeah so that was like the taco spot didn't work out for me okay, <laughs> for me, for me, okay. <laughs> i won't up, even say the name up, then okay i ended up like investing in something and i thought <laughs> the guy was like a friend and okay like, okay yeah and it, and i ended up never getting paid one dollar Oh, that's terrible. Was, okay. It was insane. So I, I have learned like no learned some hard, tough lessons, but okay. I feel like like they say, everything's a lesson, right? You yeah, know? totally. And then also with you, are you, are you are you planning on getting your whole like body tattoo, like legs, everything, right? You keep going, right? Yeah. I'm gonna finish my legs and yeah, pretty much only on my legs. Do you have your ass tatted? Nope. I, I have that open too but I, I really got to figure out what to put you know this shit's brutal as fuck too man. it's brutal man it is yeah i'm glad i did it just so many nerves in your butt it's like people don't think it was like a soft tissue there's so many different nerves yeah. in there yeah it was 
Yeah, I was lucky I had Cab on Dido. She has a really amazing light hand on the stuff I got from yeah. her on there. But yeah, but yeah, that and the feet and just, yeah. And then also like tattoo, yeah. tattooing over some of your scars from the burns too. That You can do that too? Yeah, it took a little while. Uh, my legs are 90% grafts from burns. Yeah. And I couldn't touch them for a minute because all the nerve endings were so sensitive. And uh, that's got to be brutal. And, and the skin, I found out like the skin was so fragile, it was so thin. So over time, it it just toughened up. And yeah, yeah I've, I've been like tattooing my legs and my knees and, and everything. So yeah, I just, I, the hardest time or the hardest part about it is just finding a time I, I'm okay with not sweating and not running and not going yeah. in the cold plunge or a <laughs> and swimming pool, but I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll probably get a lot done when I'm home because I'll be with the baby, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I also want to give a shout out to the um, the uh, Augusta Burn Center. I was doing some research on that in Atlanta that you went and visited after that and they really took care of you and pretty much saved your life. And I know you give back to that community too as well. It's awesome. Yeah, the Augusta Burn Center and and uh the grossman burn center in los angeles like saved my life and yeah i i don't think anyone ever thinks about being burnt until you're burnt yeah and yeah totally you know i never thought about it until i was on fire and nothing comes to you like you don't remember stop drop and roll or no 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 any, any of those things or you couldn't i couldn't even like explain to you the severity of yeah uh, burn but yeah like any chance i get to give back to like dr grossman or the augusta burn center i always do and um sad i mean the majority of people that are in there are babies and that's kids crazy. yeah that's crazy who, man. who have been yeah like burnt because they were like playing near a stove or wow. um it's awful yeah and so and so for the rest of your life will you feel those places on your body or does it get better like just like the tissue and stuff does that something that rest of your life you'll have to deal with so like my right foot is majority a graph probably 60 70 percent of it and wow. i couldn't it almost felt like it was a foreign it wasn't connected to your body attacked. yeah it didn't feel like wow. it was attached to my body forever and some nights i would just think is it ever going to feel like it's part of my body and yeah. um yeah, my right foot was almost amputated, so I got really, really lucky. Wow, and, uh, man. Yeah, now, now I feel it, and I can, like, I used to not be able to walk with my shoes off. It was insane, but now now it's pretty pretty chill, and um, and like I said, like, I, I think I think Steve Webby tattooed my, my knee, okay. and so did Chubby, and both of them were like, how are you just sitting through this knee and shin? And, and I, it was just like any other part of my body. It's fine now, thankfully. Yeah, you, you probably take pain. Wait, yeah, probably getting tattoos is probably really nothing. That's crazy. Yeah, it's what it is. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with tattoo pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, do you still you still got your mini ramp? No, it was like before one blink tour. I was back there skating and uh, <laughs> not even doing anything cool, like <laughs> like a fakey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A rock and roll to fakie, and I, I like twisted my ankle, oh, and it was yeah. like days before a tour, and oh, I no. went on that tour like limping, and I just saw like my band was like, "Are you 
serious right now you know yeah um so, so like get rid of I'll, it, yeah. I'll still yeah i'll skate to like the store or i'll skate like if i'm like on vacation or you know but yeah dude yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't afford that you can't, yeah like, I'm, a, I'm gonna stick to running and riding bikes no that's good <laughs> and yeah. then for but you... i was so jealous when i saw you and max at the barracks the other day yeah and i was like that looks so fun it's fun to cruise around and stuff and they're like i'm not really a street guy but max rips it i'm, I'm a more of a ramp guy but like yeah it's it's fun especially if my wife works here so we can go there when it's empty and you can just cruise and it's like yeah if you ever oh, want to go there and just so cruise cool. around yeah it's fun it's just it's just a cool spot it's just like um legendary spot um and then also well finally when i was thinking about the other day too like just about like you're you're like what you think punk rock is it's like like there's no blueprint to this shit there's no style there's no certain sound especially now it's thriving punk rock and hardcore there's all different looks and styles and all all types of all walks of life playing hardcore now and like especially being in blink 182 where like obviously people will say well that this is pop and this is that but i feel like it's punk and hardcore like it's it's not a particular sound and and what what at, at where you're at in your life now at your age with the band and everything for you it's been a part of your life your whole life but do, do you kind of agree with it too it's just not it's just something inside of you it's like a more of a spirit and how you live your life yeah it's a spirit it's how you conduct yourself it's how you think it's how you treat people yeah um yeah i mean to me pop is pop it's undeniable what, what pop is it's it's yeah you know, I, I don't know. I mean, turn on the radio and, or I don't know, just look at like pop culture. Those are like, I don't even want to say any names, but that's totally. pop. Yeah. And then bands that go and play guitar and play drums and bass and I don't know, don't care what anybody thinks and just do their thing. Like, I think it's like being who you are without compromise. 100%. You know, also being like, I don't know, for me, just being who you are without compromise, but also like being good to people. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's not really the punk rock part about it, but I'm like making sure you do that while you don't give a fuck and you are who you are without compromise. Make sure yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. like, you know, yeah. um, to do it tastefully, you know? Yeah, it could be like, you know, fuck that or fuck this or fuck that, but also take care of each other, family, all that shit. But like, you know, fight the fight together against, you know, I, I agree with that. And also this... Even like you, people, people can say that Ramones, you know, were the first kind of, if you want to put the word pop and punk together and the descendants, like singing these love songs and it was more like melodic and more catchy and it was more, you can sing along to, you can understand what they were saying and had these choruses and stuff. People talk about that all the time, like where that kind of came from, like the melody in punk rock. You know what I mean? Because I don't think punk rock has to be like anarchy in the UK and fuck your parents and fuck this and fuck that. It could also be like, can be love songs. It can be like, for hardcore, it's like, let's fix it. Let's make this world a better place. Let's, let's talk about animal rights and human rights. And let's, do you know what I mean? Like, there's different, it's it's, yeah. lyri- it's lyrics and everything for me, too. It's just like, there's all different styles of this music. But to label, like, one certain thing, that's only punk. I, I was never really, really down with that. And the gatekeeping and just, like, who makes the rules of, of what this is supposed to sound like or look like. And I feel like... um I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it, it's how you live your life. It's the spirit. It's how you carry yourself on a day-to-day level in society with other humans and just like you were saying, you know? Yeah, it's so hard because within the genre, what, you could say like 
H2O is a hardcore band or punk rock band. It's, you know, the same family, you know? Yeah. And then you have like the Ramones or the Descendants who are like, like really melodic and they might talk about love. It's still punk yeah. rock. Totally. You have like, you know, sick of it all, or you have like earth crisis or you have yeah. gorilla biscuits or, and then you still have, you know, like jawbreaker. They all sound so different. Yeah. You have Fugazi, but they're all rooted. They come from the same spirit. They 100%. come from the same place. Yeah, man. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, this it's just such an amazing thing. This came came such a long way, and there's so many different styles, and now it's just like bigger than ever in a great way. And seeing everybody kill it and tour, and even though the older bands and the bands that got back together, and just everybody, I don't know, just such a love and such a passion for it in 2023. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think you know it when you see it. When you see a band live and they're like firing off songs one after another, and they're you you just know when you're watching or you're witnessing a punk rock band versus when you're not you True. know yeah yeah you can feel it yeah and then fi- finally probably one of your favorite songs of my songs from gb cats and dogs are you a cat person or a dog person i'm a dog person same no For disrespect sure. to cats i like cats no disrespect no me either <laughs> I, I actually love them i'm highly allergic they're, ah. they're really cool looking they're cute like whatever yeah. but like that and like whatever cats I've had, like when I'm sleeping, they've like attacked my feet or like don't things. <laughs> so I'm way more of like a dog person. Like on this tour the other day, someone walked by me and they had an English bulldog, and I I needed that five minutes I had with that dog. Mm. So it was so awesome. I'm yeah. a dog person. Yeah, respect. So you never had cats growing up then? No, I did. I had um I had a girlfriend who insisted on having a cat and uh it was it was really miserable for me. I was so allergic, and Dang. I was just my eyes were watering, my nose was running. Was yeah, that's terrible. Brutal. That's brutal. I toughed it, you know. I toughed it out um, for a long time. Did it for love. But yeah, shout out to the you know, yeah the things you do for love. <laughs> um, are awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time again. It's like two quarter or two in the morning there. Fuck, yeah. you need to get some sleep and shut down all your electronics and shit. And um, yeah. No, but I appreciate you so much, Travis. And I'm psyched for the songs. I'm stoked the tour is going well. I'm stoked for the record. I'm happy for you guys. And it's just cool seeing you guys out there and playing together again. And it's awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Toby. Thank you, brother. And I'll see you soon. All right, brother. All right. Safe travels. Bye. Peace. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Can you hear me now, T? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. It's way better. I'm gonna watch okay, that. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna watch the video in a second. But dude, congratulations on number one record. I think the last number one record was California, 2016, like like number one Billboard, correct? Yeah. This is crazy, dude. It's insane. I guess it's like, yeah. Ron Perry called me this morning. It was like, it's the, also the first number one rock album in over a year. Oh wow! It's all been hip hop and stuff. Yeah, it's all been pop and like rap, you know. Holy shit. That's amazing, man. Congratulations, man. Thank you so much. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. I would I yeah, I can't believe it. I told him a week ago, I'm like, man, I would be really proud if we got a number one album or a Grammy. And he's like, dude, I don't think so. I think it's like really optimistic, but you know, Drake's probably gonna get number one. <laughs> and then he calls me with this news today. It was just incredible. incredible. So this is Drake's first week as well? I think it's his first or second week. Yeah. Wow, man. 
It's so yeah. sick. And I, I just saw that Denny's thing you guys did too. Like a friend of mine's friend was there and like you did like a, uh, a signing and then like people just, 20 people got invited to go to Denny's. You just did the video real quick there. That's crazy too. Yeah, we did it like it was kind of reverse. Like we did it. We found like at midnight, we started calling places the night before. We found someone in Long Beach because like I guess all Denny's are independently owned. I didn't know and that. And we just found one person that was like, yep, you can use our back room. Like, so we used that and there was people eating and it, it was so fun, man. It felt like, felt like the shows we start all started off playing where it's like a cramped room and everyone's going crazy. It was awesome. So it's like just normal people eating the civilians and there's eating. Yeah. Damn. And then like a bunch of fans, you know, and then, and then we did like a five hour signing at a, a record store in Long Beach. It was really cool. So sick, man. Like everything for this record, like the videos, just everything you guys have done for it. It's really obviously not that you paid off, but just people, really fucked with it. I saw something yesterday on my YouTube about people being interviewed about their favorite Blink records and Blink songs at uh, We Were Young and a lot of people were saying um, Anthem Part 3. It's really cool like them talking about newer songs too. Yeah. I think it's it's really rare for a band this late in their career to make an album like we did. Yeah. But it's awesome. You know? Yeah, and you producing a lot of it. I also saw, I also saw on there... Um, Robert Smith's name for fell in love. Is that Robert Smith from the cure? Yeah. So what I did is like, I, I was in this session and I was writing, um, fell in love and I was kind of messing around with drum patterns and bass patterns. And I was like, close to me is like the close best. To, that's what I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, close to me is such a vibe and like maybe do an interpolation of just like the rhythm section. So I did it. And then when we turned it in, I hit up Robert Smith and I said, Hey, can I play you something? Like I, I was really, really inspired by close to me and I think you deserve something on it. And yeah, like, so that's how he's involved is I was really inspired by close, close to me and um, wrote the song, wrote all the lyrics and everything. Like me and my friend, Ryan Tedder and, um, and my friend Nick kind of were like in this jam session. We, we didn't even, mean to write a blink song we were just writing doing all sorts of stuff we always get together in a room and just write songs yeah and then i just had this idea and i'm like man can you guys flush this out with me and um yeah it turned into fell in love and it's like the one song on the album that's like really really based on like my relationship and um got you yeah and, and to have robert smith was like of I forget what he said, but he said something so rad that I'm like, only Robert Smith would say that. Like, he was just so excited about it and so down. That's cool. I don't even think he wanted publishing. And I said, no, like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I have to give you something because this was inspired by you. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's close to me. Yeah. As soon as I heard yeah, it, I was and like, the that's drums, why. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's it, like. Yeah, it's perfect. And then Fuckface, you sing that song, which is awesome, too. You talk too much? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was saying like that was my love letter just to the internet. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And that's like the first song you really sang on a Blink record, right? Like that. Yeah. Because it was like I, I was doing this project at the time and it was like an NFT thing and I, it was like, we need music. So I was like, oh, I'll make a, I'll make a hardcore EP in like a few hours. <laughs> and Tim Armstrong was already coming over and we were working on something. So I was like, hey, I'm going to bust out five songs. I'll play drums, play bass, play whatever, 
sing and um you play guitar and so we did it and that's one of those songs that came ah. out i think i sent you it yeah yeah I think the I ones you sing a long time ago yeah you did so this is one of them yeah and then one day i was like i played it for tom and he's like this is sick this needs to go on the album and i'm like you're joking right you know like i was like wasn't wasn't playing him it for with that intention and he's like can i get on it like can i go back and forth with you and i was like yeah and then that's how that song came about yeah dude it's fucking it's awesome and uh, dance with me there's so many fell in love um one more time obviously more than you know there's definitely songs about robert who passed i, I definitely feel that in, in some of the songs um yeah other sides about robert yeah man that shit's heavy it's bad yeah. news turpentine hurt i mean all oh, i mean that's just like it's a it's a really perfect album in front of me. I've been running to it too. I just like just the different sounds and speeds and melodies and I don't know. It's just it's a cla- I feel like it's a classic already. You know? Yeah, I'm really proud of it. I find like I've had it happen a couple times in my career where I can do exactly what you said, like run to it or run out to it. Yeah. And that's when I know like I've made a classic. Like I'm I'm like. You want to play every song off the album. Yeah, you're working out to the album. You're leaving places, and you hear people blaring the album. It's like, dude, it's unreal. And do you listen to the record a bunch since it's been out already, or after you do it, you kind of just like move on to the next thing, kind of? Well, for me, producing it and like figuring out like the order of the songs in which they were going to go and all that stuff, I had listened to it so much. Damn. That when I turned it in, I knew I had. Like every stone was over, like turned. You know, I, yeah. I, I like did everything, and I, and it was exactly how I wanted to present it to everyone. So then, man, like when you play play these songs live and they know every word, it's like I don't know how to explain it, but like when you see it work, it's like the most, it's the best feeling I could ever describe. And to see like fans. You're so receptive to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I mean, mean, you know how it is. I think we've all made albums where we make an album and we're like, "Eh, I'm only going to listen to a couple songs off that album. (laughs) You know? Or play a couple. I mean, even in Blink, like, we're like, oh, like, Dogs Eating Dogs. We're going to play, like, Dogs Eating Dogs off that EP every once in a while. But, you know, you made a great body of work when you want to play all the songs. You're working out to it. It's just, like, just everything fell into place with this album. Almost, like, so scary so like yeah with the rollout of this album with the sold out tour and like the album being number one and one more time like the song going number one it's like yo pinch me or wake me up like am i dreaming like it's so cool though man yeah this is just couldn't ask for more like never never could have imagined you know and then like i saw you just dropping some famous stuff too right now too yeah, I started, started, I did, I did the first drop of Famous Stars and Straps, like first collection came out, um, and awesome. it's only direct to customer, yeah. Wow. So, I love, I love that, I love, I love just it coming straight from us, and there's no middleman, and there's no retailers involved, I, I love it, that, that's how it started, and, and I love, I love bringing it back that way. Yeah, it's cool, I man, it's been a minute since you had something new out too, and the timing's perfect also, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. And then um, one more thing I was going to ask you, too, about that, the producing the record. Oh, we were talking, too, too, just the other day, just about, like, um, 
um, that that Alaska Airline things. We talked about flying and all that. in the last time we talked, but then you were talking about you were coming home from the last tour, and we talked about that the flight attendant when the, the pilot who was like on mushrooms, and that was a scary situation. Do you try to like read into that stuff and just like okay, that's the news, and just was that stuff kind of trigger you when you hear stuff like that? So I have a Google alert with anything plane related. Oh, unfortunately, fuck. seriously, like. Dude, yeah, and and you know what? Even if I don't check my email, it somehow finds me, and I see it. Like I think, wow. I think it was the, I think it was the day I got back from Vegas, and I didn't fly to Vegas or fly home because, to me, I'm like I got I got so lucky the whole tour. I flew it so many times, and yeah, it's just Vegas. I'm gonna take the bus, so I get home, and on the news like that morning, there was a flight that was like popping a wheelie. Jeez. at the gate where like they couldn't keep the plane down and it was just up in the air and i was like oh that doesn't make me feel great you know and then the next thing i saw on the news was this off-duty pilot tried getting in the cockpit and attempted to turn off the engines mid-flight Dude. and tried to kill everybody like that was that's my biggest fear that something like that happens you know or I- anything plane related happens but and, and to find out he's on mushrooms and oh, man, it's like but, a movie, dude. Dude, it's like a movie. It's like a, an awful movie. Maybe there, there'll probably be a Netflix documentary about it. But yeah, but to see him like, dude, like 83 counts of attempted murder. It's absolutely like, fuck, dude, that's that's the worst horror story, like worst nightmare story you could ever imagine. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like a, it's actually like a horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, snakes on the plane is one thing, but. This other shit, like in real life, dude, on mushrooms, is it's really nuts. I was so thankful to be home and be done with tour, yeah, and have no flights on my book when I saw it. Because if I was still on tour and I saw that, it would have definitely, definitely, like triggered my oh like, yeah, dude, anxiety, anticipation when it comes to flying that I still have. Yeah, do you um? So. I I know you had like a T-shirt like "Thank God for Punk Rock," and I know you have like religious tattoos, and you I think I think you're raised Catholic, correct? Yeah. You used to have a pretty strong faith with, with God and stuff, especially all the stuff you've been through. Maybe feel more connected <clears throat> to that or? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I have like a whole regimen of like breath work that I do before I get on a plane. Yeah. My friend Howard, who's like, like works with energy and I listen to his prayers all the time. And yeah. Yeah. I'm like still like go to church. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I still pray every day. I pray wow. before every show. I pray before I go to sleep every night. So, yeah. You should always been like that, yeah. Yeah. And you were raised Catholic too, right? Yeah, I went, I went to like Catholic school when I was a kid. Wow, okay. That's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Because you don't really talk about it as much. That's like your personal beliefs. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we, you know, people know you have like Mary on your head. You know what I mean? You have a religious stuff. But like, a lot of people get that stuff because they like how it looks. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like traditional yeah. classic, but like, but I, I know you 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 know you have faith and all that stuff, and I'm sure that you have a, a connection with everything you've been through as well. You know? Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Go to Christian church now. Um, got married by a Christian pastor. Okay. Um, but I take little bits and pieces of everything. I'm also of course, like, of course. Yeah, I, I like. There's things about Buddhism that I really love. You know, mm-hmm. there's things like my friends that are different religions than me that I, I can be inspired by. I just, I just, I believe in it all. I, yeah. I believe there's a higher power and, and, um, and I believe in prayer. Yeah. That's awesome. 
And then what about sure. and then what about sobriety for you these days? I know you, you never you, you had a moment where you were kind of wilding out for a second when um actually a while back and you've been sober for a while and you go back and forth with with stuff like that or I know because you have um Barker Wellness which that stuff's not THC that's just like other stuff that you could use for pain and stuff but I mean I yeah mean, yeah is your yeah you so, show with your life with that stuff or I always kind of explain like my story as far as like me sobering up, detoxing. My rehab was when I was in a burn center for six months after yeah. I was in my plane crash, you know? Yep. Um, I didn't do anything. That was that was the hardest, you know, for anyone that, like, read my book, I would wake up in the, in the middle of surgeries, and I would be, like, wide awake swinging on doctors because yeah, yeah, I yeah, self-medicated sure. so much that, like, none of their pain meds would work. So I, I really had a tough time. Long story short, six months in a burn center, left the burn center, never, plus the amount of drugs they were feeding me in the burn center. I'm sure. Right, rightfully so, because I needed them and I was in a lot of pain. I never wanted to put another thing in my body again. Mm. So since then, since 2008 or 2009, I haven't touched opiates or smoked weed. Wow. Yeah. And then about 10 years after the plane crash, 12 years after the plane crash, I could have like a drink every once in a while, like a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like alcohol was never my thing. Like I could have a glass of wine and then not drink for four months, five months. I wasn't. It's not really my thing. It's more something I would have at dinner. Yeah. And um, and now for the last nine months since my wife's been pregnant, I haven't had like a drink at dinner. I haven't had anything. Wow. Like, yeah. When I go, when I have surgery or if I have like dental work, I don't even like taking Advil. I don't. I, I don't alcohol serves no yeah. good purpose in my life you gotcha. know yeah 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 for sure well, and you... I will never take opiates again and I will I really enjoyed my time smoking weed I was also <laughs> very 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 addicted to it wow as I was opiates and I would never even play around with the idea yeah I remember of... I remember running into you when you're on that stuff and it wasn't even you it was like I was like fuck yeah I remember I remember I remember that part of your life man too yeah sure yeah so i i really and i said something the other day i was like you know for a long time i used to think oh no this assists me it assists my creativity it makes me do this it does this and i i can tell you like i've i've had a long time of doing nothing and especially even the last nine months not one drink not one anything like I'm more creative than I've ever been and I feel greater than I've ever been. And you don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Proud of you, man. You bet you had a crazy journey, man. Crazy life and experiences. You're a survivor. You're a fucking inspiration with so many people. And to me, you're like not human. Like I feel like you never sleep. You're a machine. You never stop practicing. You're always playing drums. You're always producing shit. It's super inspiring. It's also tiring. I'm like, this motherfucker needs to sleep sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's yeah. nonstop. Hopefully when the baby comes, you guys can chill. You know what I mean? The babies yeah. do any minute. It's crazy, man. Rocky's coming, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, Rocky is coming. It's Fuck. like any day. Like my wife is so big right now. Like her tummy is so big. Like not not her whole body. Like the rest of her exterior is completely the same. <laughs> she just has this eight-pound little boy in her it's that's incredible. ready to come out. So it's like, yeah, it's wild. It's a whole but, new life um, about this. Story. And also shout out to Courtney who... You know, a couple of weeks ago, I sent you some cookies. It's a company that's like independent, like gluten-free, 
fucking barely any no refined sugars amazing cookies i sent to you guys just on the strength that you know she was going through it i want to send you guys a gift and then like last week she just randomly posted like a month later and shouted the company up it's a small independent company called maxine's heavenly and it was really sweet of her to do that like i didn't even know I just sent you guys cookies and it was really cool like for her to do that you know it was really sweet so. no that was very kind of you she loved them she ate them in bed <laughs> like <laughs> let me tell you like she was i, I didn't and I didn't say like, "Hey, can you post this?" I like, know, she I know. Loves those cookies, you know. It's so cool because I know people like try to pay, yeah, pay them to do ads and promote all this shit, and she just did it because she loved it. And that was really nice. So the owner was really yeah. pretty calm. He's like, "Oh my god, I freaked out." It was really nice. Nah, we we love them, and we we love our blanket that that you and Moon and Max gave awesome, us. Awesome, man. Really, really appreciate it. Well, well, fuck. Well, next year we're gonna go up to Ian's house when you were playing yeah, out there. I can't wait. <laughs> um, I'm ready. Well, thank you for your time. The fucking at this moment, the podcast is out because people are listening, and it was a long journey having you pod. And you took your time out. You're one of the most busiest friends that I have, besides music and your family. You made time. You came to my crib, and I'm really proud of this conversation. And it's, uh, I feel like I got I got way closer to you just in these phone calls and just sitting down with you because I know you for over 20 years, but really just getting to know you, like really talking to you. So, um, yeah, I'm really stoked on this shit, and I appreciate you, Trav. And congrats on the new record and the baby and all that shit. Of course, man. I, I appreciate you too. And I know how busy you are and how equally productive you are. And, um, and just what a good influence you are for kids. Thank you, man. People. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's awesome. I will right, get some. Thank you so much, Toby. Of course. We'll get some matches soon. And, uh, yeah, man, have a, have a great yeah. rest of your day. Of course, man. You too. Much love, Toby. All right, brother. You too. Bye. All right. Peace. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful. They ice you up. It's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly going to get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570. Or go to removery.com, one of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done, 100 locations, U.S., Canada, and Australia. State of the art peak away laser technology, cryo technology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com. Or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off 
These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.